Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Frankly Speaking on Fridays podcast. I am your host, Frank Pedor. It is currently June 3rd, 2022, 9.57, soon to be 58 p.m. And guess what? It is 9.58 p.m. right now. I told you so. I told you so. Guess what? Another week has come and gone. A lot has happened. A lot of things were said. A lot of breaths were taken. Maybe a little bit of tears. Did you cry? It's okay. It's natural. But something that I'm about to cry about is I have to announce something right here and now. I am not alone with this podcast. As I mentioned last podcast, I was going to have a couple of guests and they are joining me in the room right now. Please welcome Queen Shelbeast, my roommate, also known as Shelby, and Avenger with two R's, who's a male, not a female, Brandon. Hello, both of you. Yo. How's it going, Frank? Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here. Do you wish to uh, hype up my audience, tell them that no matter what happened this past week, you know, mistakes happen, failures happen, that's okay. It's a part of life. You just, you got to get through it and better things are to come. Yeah, the best part about the end of the week is beer. Right? So, you know, it's if if you had a bad week or a good week, there's always a good reason to drink. So, let's right. go. I think that's one of the rules of being a musician. Either you drink to celebrate a concert or you drink to forget it. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty yeah. accurate, actually. <laughs> there's, al- there's always a reason to drink. Be like, oh, I, may- I at least survived the concert. I wasn't bad, but I wasn't good, but I survived. Okay, drink. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you do, like, promotions or shout-outs. But uh, one of my favorite, oh, please. one of my other favorite podcasts that I like uh, to listen to, yeah. outside of obviously yours, is uh, and that's why we drink. It's a it's a, yeah. a great oh. great podcast that yeah. did a little bit of uh, paranormal and uh, and oh, true yes. crime. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, right, that's it's right. fun. Yeah, I remember. Him and Christine are listening. Yeah. I love you both. Yeah. Thank you so much for all of your <laughs> wonderfulness. And no, I, I know you're not, but let's go. Let's go. I mean, that's they, <laughs> one day. from when what you did show us of them. They are quite. Uh, entertaining it's they're hilarious yeah. and yeah anyway but yeah always a good reason to drink uh Doesn't always a good happens. reason to acknowledge your mistakes in the past oh shit this happened i'm down it's okay shit happens just gotta gotta barrel through it. you gotta keep looking towards the thought and the hope that better times are ahead even though it doesn't seem like it ever will be but it will be there's a lot of us around here that experience that and they triumph So, with that said, did you know that this is episode 35 of the Frankly Speaking of... 35. 35? 35. 5-3rd. 5-3rd. 3rd. 5-5. 5-3rd. 3-5. 5-7. God damn. The Indy race. 5-7. Let's go. Those are my boys. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Dork moment. (laughs) Yeah, the Indy 500... Watch that. Probably mention that. I don't, I don't even think I mentioned that. I no. skipped literally all of my update, like my last week's update, because of the uh, the Rob Elementary uh, school shooting. So you have like two weeks to update. I got two weeks to catch up on, but it's going to be super short. But with that said, as always, we christen these podcasts with a shot. So here is to my guests and episode 35 of the FSOF podcasts. Woo. Boom. Woo. I'm sorry, I'm a snipper. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's what. Because if I if I down it like that, I do exactly what you just did. I just did. got the chills. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. 
we're drinking the exact same thing that I drank last um, well, yeah. podcast. It's the Templeton Rye Six Years. So delectable. Speaking of shout outs and potential sponsors, Templeton, please. I will <laughs> praise everything that you, you want do. to send us a case of your tenure. Yo. I'm a mixologist, so <clears throat> that, shit, that shit will be drunk. You know, double whammy in this household. Would you mix Templeton tenure though? No. Just Maybe saying. on the rocks or just in a glass. I wouldn't even put it on the rocks. I mean, uh, the I, only one that I would potentially do in maybe before, maybe six year, depending on how smooth I needed it, but I would not do anything to the 10 year. I mean, I refuse. I mean, I haven't had it, but I, I refuse to put a $50 bottle on the rocks. That's just waste. Yes. Oh, sure. I'd, say I'd have it neat. Much less like 10 year. Yeah. Oh, damn. Okay. I got to give me some of that. I mean, you remember that whistle pig. Was that whistle pig? The, the pistol wig, yeah, <laughs> the whistle pistol wig. I, I call I call it pistol wig because I think it's funny to call it that. But it's yes, whistle pig. I mean, that the was, ninety dollar bottle. That was ten year. That was good too. It was that like was ten year small batch. Yeah. Oh god. This shit was nice. So well, yeah, so today's gonna be all about like drinks. Yeah. Why why bring on a couple of musicians? Talk about music. That's stupid. No, all we do is drink. Drink. <laughs> so uh, talking about before we get to the reason why I brought you both here. Other than you just saying. Other than drinking. <laughs> we're, um, we're good at it, so. What is it. what is y'all's weekly update? What's what's new? You go first. What have y'all done? Me go okay. You go first. Um, well, I'm I'm getting ready to move, but like two months early. Um. Okay. It's my main update, yeah, I guess I'm moving back to my hometown and. Uh, yeah, I got some got some trips planned this summer, so can't really uh do it later. So I'm doing it now. Do you still have that clear shelf that we gave you? I do, yeah. We might take that back. We'll, we'll pay it's for not, it. It's not available. Oh. Okay, if you gave me a shelf, why the heck would I make you pay for it back? No, no, no. Yeah, no, if I don't... I... If you don't sell it like before well, I, you move, well, like we'll take it back, because I actually could probably use well, it. Well, I don't have it listed. I'm, I'm going to give it to my mom for a knit shop. Oh, go for That's it. Fine. Yeah, I was going to repaint it for you. Yeah. yeah, do that then. We don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. <laughs> more important than us. Yeah, yeah. Moms are moms are much better than us. Moms are awesome. But yeah, yeah so I'm just I'm just getting ready to uh, getting ready to leave. Um, I've been in Bloomington for about four years. Yeah, so long just, time. Just ready to leave. But yeah. Yes. I mean, hey, leaving I'm, us behind. I won't be that like, far away. Two hours. You need to get us to a Kentucky Fourth of July. Kentucky. Oh no, oh. no. No no no. Kentucky Fourth of July. Lame. No, no Derby. Derby is not Fourth of July. Oh, okay. Thunder over Louisville is not Fourth oh, of July. Okay, that, yeah, Thunder Derby over... Festival is not not in July. Okay, so we want, we want what, we, what, are, what what do we want? It's we a, want... it's an it's usually in May. Okay. Yeah. So okay. you want to go to the, you want to go to so the kickoff to Derby Festival, Thunder yeah. over Louisville. Yes, that's how you say it. Right. Go ahead and make fun of me. Whoa. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Derby Festival. It starts off with thunder. There's the balloon glow. There's a balloon, hot air balloon race. There's all kinds of stuff that goes on all week long before the Derby. Um, if you want to go to the Derby, I recommend going to the Oaks first. It's easier to get into. It sounds yeah. crazy. Okay. Okay. Uh, but if you want to see the celebs, go to the Derby. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, but honestly, Derby parties are the best part to end out the week. Yeah. Eat some derby pie. Like, your, we we want to do get, get your drunk relative trumpet player to play the call to the post and have it be progressively <laughs> worse and worse, and it's it's a good time. We there always we do uh, always do dollar bets. Nice. You put a dollar in the pot, 
pull out a random horse and that's who you're going for. Every every race leading up to the derby. Hell yeah, that's let's nice. go. So that's, it, nice. that's what I'm down for. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah. It's a good time. Hell Get yeah. some derby pie some hot browns. Get some nice. Kentucky food. Let's go. That's we, we might be doing that next, next year. year. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I'll I'll have a place down there. You guys have, have a place to crash, no problem. Awesome. Like we're doing a redneck fourth of July this year. So. Yeah, I'll be in I'll actually be out in the great state of Montana for the fourth of July. Oh god, that's right, yeah. So yeah. Your yearly trip. Yep. 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 It's it's gonna be a little longer this time. You know what it's two weeks? It's gonna be three weeks. Ooh. It's going a little earlier this week. Nice. Or this year. Yeah. Well if everything goes well with this job and other prospects would you object to a guess i wouldn't no not at all no. i mean maybe not this year but maybe no, no, maybe not in the future uh, I, can't I definitely want to take some people year. out there <laughs> it's like, it's like, uh... um yeah we got 40 acres off grid out in the valley and uh on the far west side of montana awesome I'll bring, right next to idaho I'll right next my... to idaho and not too far away from glacier national park so. excellent i'll bring my blow up doll that sounds great there you go you can sleep outside hell yeah <laughs> 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 yeah so uh shelby yeah, yeah your turn my week um you got um so it's been interesting I mean, I know that y'all haven't probably heard heard from me in a while. I mean, if you've heard from me, like, other than, like, from the very beginning of the podcast. Um, I mean, I'll just kind of give, like, a quick lowdown of the month. I started out the month kind of meh in mood. Got a severe ear infection to the point that I could not hear. I still do not have full hearing in my right ear. Um, but I'm probably about 80-85% hearing back, so I'm, I'm doing okay. I want my full fucking hearing back because we're all musicians i want my goddamn hearing back <laughs> um but it's getting better to the point that i can watch tv now and not really experience too whole of like you know, what you know that but i no still need. yeah but i still experience it at work because i had one guy i was just like i'm so sorry like i literally had to lean over the counter i'm like speak up but whatever um but that's getting better um I'm hoping it's not permanent damage, but they said it's probably going to be like a month. So, I mean, like I'm halfway through that. Yeah. Um, and got a job back in April that is not working out. And as of a couple days ago, uh, well, not even a couple days, as of today. Yeah. As of today, but I went through two different interviews to go through it. Um, as of today... I officially now have a, a what my mom calls an adult job. Um, so, and it's much better. It's solidified with hourly pay. I'm not going to be sitting here asking my grandpa, can you give me money? You know, I'm not going to be asking them for that kind of stuff anymore. Oh, senpai. Yeah, I was about to say, senpai. Senpai. Yeah. I need the money. Yeah. <laughs> senpai. Um, oh, money, senpai. please. God. Um, but, oh, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. This, this is getting awkward. Um, but yeah, so as of today, as Brandon's losing his shit, um, I have an official adult job, but it's willing to work with my summer job with my parents. So mm -hmm. I'm actually quite excited. Um, it's, it's, it's like finally good luck is running for me. So, cause it hasn't been for like, a while. <laughs> there you so, go. Whoa. Yay. I hope it all works out. Yes. Absolutely. I hope so, too. Uh, so, my update, which I'll leave short, because um, God knows I can droll on about it, but real quick, is that 
Before the shooting happened, what I wanted to say was that last Saturday, like the 28th or whatever it was. When was the last Saturday? I think it was the 29th. Yeah. Because Tuesday was the first. Or no, Tuesday was... Wednesday was the first. Yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday was, was the, the first. first. Yeah, so it was 28th. Yeah, so the 28th. Oh my uh, God, 12 years ago I graduated from high school on that day. You're May welcome. 28th, 20, uh, no, no, 11 years. 11 years. years. Yeah, sorry, yeah, 11 years ago. God. I don't even want to think about how long it's been. Ugh. I'm older than all of you. Shut up. Yeah, no. So. Bitch, please. <laughs> bitch, please. On the, on the 28th of last month, there was an audition, uh, another agent showcase through my agency. I went ahead and I performed and I did a monologue comedic monologue and um i was like fifth or sixth to go but there was no time which to like uh, like unwind as i say i had immediately changed because shelby and i had to go out and trim some cemeteries for memorial day while we were driving there my agent sends me an email which i read from my crotch sorry agent <laughs> I, I mean it was my phone was in, like he's it was, driving it and he shoves tough. it down his crotch so i mean like i i understand i i do a similar thing with my phone when yeah, it's, so do i yeah. when it's out like that but like i also have i don't know what i'm when i'm using it it's not in my crotch you got to balance better i mean I, it's not a balance thing it's just i know how to drive with one hand oh okay <laughs> I have a magnet. I don't need a handle my car, so. uh, you know, to, to drive. I need to get one of those magnets. But anyway, a, a vibration of deep pleasure happened. <laughs> On oh god! While I was trying. <laughs> oh my! Someone's happy to see me. Uh, and I receive a uh, email from my agent that. Can I have another girl in the room? No. <laughs> I mean, you can get Mally. Yeah, she's not much of estrogen. She's fucking spade. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry. But I get. A notification, and it basically says from my agent, Hey, uh, congratulations, so-and-so agency wants to hear more from you. So I got the call back. The problem is, is that uh, the scout for this agency is wasn't here this entire week. So basically, I needed to provide the scout uh, by today, which I sent yesterday, an updated rendition of my acting resume, and a short vocal reel, which I provided, and all approved by my agent. So that scout is supposed to reach out to me sometime this week, this in order week. this coming week, yeah. in order to set up a time for an interview. And that is all that I know and can say. And I would like to think that I thrive when it comes to one-on-one -on -one interviews because that's how I've got the majority of my jobs. And, yeah, Shelby as well. Yeah. So, it's, um, we'll see what happens. It is very possible that within the near future that I actually have uh, great representation from another agency that which will be able to provide proper and better voiceover gigs. So... We'll see. We'll see. That's about all I have to update on. Oh, also, uh, shout out to my co-worker, the one who's pregnant and a redneck. Um, <laughs> I hope your uh, labor goes well. And, uh, you know, the little babby gal is uh, 
you know, has ten fingers and toes and bitches like no other. Because that's what I also hope that do. they took care of your blood clot in your leg, because that can be kind of serious. Yeah. So, so. Wishes out to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's our weekly updates. Now what? That's the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Oh my god. Alright, so here's why... I'm not done! <laughs> <laughs> here's why I brought you all here. Is that uh, before you I move away... Climax. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Who's climaxing? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> well, you said I'm not done. I was like, I didn't even I'm... get to climax. <laughs> Does anyone have a sock? Um, oh. I need some lotion and a long sock. <laughs> Extra long. Oh my god. So Extra long to feel better about myself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason why I brought you all here is that before you move away and become less accessible... I thought you were going to say less, less successful. <laughs> so did I. I thought you said that. I was like, wait, what did you just say? Shut through the heart. Don't get demonetized. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so all three of us actually hold really unique perspectives. And the reason why that is, is that while we're all musicians, uh, we all were born and raised in different states. Uh, all three of our undergraduates other than your last tail end, uh, were all done in different states. Oh, oh, okay, gotcha. Cool. And, and uh, while two of us went for a higher education, there is still a much valid reason why you didn't, why you changed your major, and why I even switched states. So, what I want to discuss with you two, considering our backgrounds, our educations, because none of us in this room are dumb. We act like it. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it was like, let me just bend over and talk on my ass here for a second, but that's fine. <laughs> this is no type of Morse code I'm used to. <laughs> uh, but I feel that we each bring a type of perspective to the table of Duh. what younglings come to younglings. thinking about younglings. <laughs> when it comes to Kenobi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to like people wanting to go into the uh into college being a music major. Mm -hmm. I feel that there are a lot of things where there are things which they know right off the bat, but there are certain realities which are not fully conveyed to them once they commit to being a music major. Yes. And that not only goes with, you know, I'm performance through and through. Both of you did your undergraduate degrees as music educators. That's right. Yep. And both uh, Brandon and I, we are both, uh, our master's is in music performance. Music. I also have a performance diploma in solo performance that i just finished newly so finished have, yeah i have two degrees from iu and one from the university of kentucky and technically my music ed degree was also a performer's degree at the same time that's true that's but yeah i, know a lot I mostly focused on that. education but i also did performer's degree so so i feel that when we were younger and when we went to pursue music as a major for college we each had our own different motives and we each went into this prospect with certain realities in mind which were not true i would say pre prejudices yeah in mind i wouldn't even say that i'd say almost delusion yeah yeah, yeah even or these delusions of grandeur and yes. at least for me personally yeah. yeah so to believe it or not 
listeners. Whoa. I, I brought a notepad and I jotted down some questions. Like, almost as if I am indeed conducting an interview. And of course, it's going to, like, skew based on questions and how the conversation divulges and this and that. These are more like guidelines, you know. Is this an episode of Hot Ones? Where are the hot wings, Frank? I was gonna say, I'm like, damn. I mean, I can, I can progressively pour, hotter and hotter wings. I can, every question. I we, can pour us progressively stronger and stronger shots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eventually, Everclear. Oh, oh gosh, no. I have, I have a story and a half about that. that yeah. Bit. So, that, like, race car fuel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally, my dad could run with his race car on it, but that's fine. I literally had a, had a, had a getting ready for a job at one point. It was a job that we shared, Shelby. Yeah. Uh, and there was a certain place that that you went for your drug test. Uh-huh. I remember talking to the nurses at that clinic about Everclear and how it's just race car fuel. It's just straight ethanol. Um <laughs> and like we were just chatting it up about yeah, that stuff is toxic. Yep, you're good, you're clean. Have a have a nice job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you guys. <laughs> God. So, it's glorious. In order to keep things quote unquote organize or maintain as we talk about yeah no kidding (laughs) uh if i ask a question just go to the my left and and we'll go around yeah uh so the first question that i have in order to like begin us from the beginning of our youth and pursuing music what made you initially attracted to music oh lord um See, I'm, I'm not. Just means I get time to think. Yeah, you get time to think. Um, I mean, if you prefer, I can go first. It, no, it's fine. I got, I got it. Okay. Uh, so I wasn't actually initially interested in music because my mom was in music. I was like, oh, my mom is in music. Ew, like I can't do that. Um, but then I was like, in for like whatever the hell, like in fifth grade, you got to be chosen to be a part of like the handbell tone chime. It was a tone chime choir. Is what they called it, it wasn't handbells, like the freaking sticks with hammers on them. I don't know. I didn't um, get that. We nope. had a we had a tone chime choir. Okay. Um and Oh, I should also specify. I'm sorry. I'm from initially from Illinois. Shelby's initially from Indiana. And Brandon is from Kentucky. Yeah. So but another Indi- reason he's tri state also... area. Yeah. Yeah, tri- yeah. Another reason why Very this little panel is diverse mm-hmm. is because it's three different state perspectives of the music education system. But it's also not because it's still the Midwest, but that's fine. Well, I mean, it, it's a Midwest perspective, but I feel like we had, we've had we had three different states that are drastically different. Yes. And they all, like, touch each other pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, so, like, we're not we're from the same region, but we have drastically different experiences. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so but yeah, in fourth grade, they like my music teacher is just like you're really like I apparently I was good in music class. Like I didn't realize I was actually trying in music class. Like the fuck that I knew. Um, but she was like, I really want you to be in my tone chime choir, and I was like, I don't really know. That sounds like it's for nerds. And so like whatever. And I went home and told my mom, and my mom was like, yes. And my dad was like, yeah, whatever your mom said. Um. <laughs> basically um and i was like but i don't really want to my mom was like no you should really do this like you'll actually enjoy it more than you think and so i was like fine she's like just take get do one practice and we'll see how it goes so i did i actually ended up enjoying it a shit ton in fifth grade it was a lot of fun um but 
I was kind of unsure about joining band, but then of course I was like in tone chime choir. We were doing our practices and stuff like that. My mom was like, oh, by the way, I played clarinet in band. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, you know, the pause of like, oh, my mom was a nerd, but oh wait, that's kind of cool. Okay. And yeah, yeah. Judging, <laughs> judging, judging past. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, so I went, they, we had like tryouts, but we were only allowed to pick three different instruments. I tried flute, clarinet, and trumpet. Um, I sucked ass, like sucked ass hard on flute. Like I couldn't even fucking do anything with like, just like the headpiece. could not do anything with it. Um, trumpet, I could get a blat, you know, out of it. Um, but clarinet seemed to be where I was. So they placed me on clarinet. So that's how I started out in sixth grade. Um, and so like your question of being like, you know, what got you started? What on, initially attracted it, you? It's not a what for me, it's a who. Okay. Um, that would actually be my middle school band director. I will only say her last name, Brightman. Um, she, she's a she, um, she got me really started into it. She, like, I, my parents got me a clarinet before I started school and they just got me like some friggin' beginning band book. And I just started kind of learning on my own. My mom was helping me. Um, so I already came in like literally first day of class, you know, hand out all the instruments. And I sit there and I, I already have my clarinet and put it together and I'm sitting there. She's like, we're not quite there yet. <laughs> I'm like, oh, then I'll wait. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so I was like, and so like probably at that point she already knew like, oh, okay. I've already got an overachiever in the group. Great. Yeah. Um, and, but she really helped me. Uh, she's not really helped me. She just aided my want to learn all these instruments. Literally, the second instrument I learned was flute. Flute, the thing I sucked at. And I, I, my parents decided, okay, she's really, she seems really, really into this. So they uh, started to rent from a local music store um, a beginner's flute. And I got that like right before Thanksgiving break, and of course that's like a five day weekend for us kids. And I took it home and I was already done with the beginning book by the end of that weekend. And she was just like, uh, like the band director was like, oh, Lord, this is who I have to deal with. Yeah. Um, and because but, I know the rest of your story, we'll hold off on that because we'll come and pick that right okay, back up. Okay, we're going to pick it right back up. Okay, but yeah, so, I, the, the, she, she's the reason why I got started, my middle school band director. So what about you? What got you initially uh, into music? Yeah, so a fun fact about me um i actually don't even know if you know this so my my story actually begins in indiana really it does okay. not begin in kentucky i i grew up in the new albany area of indiana which is right across the river it's Practically basically louisville, it's basically part of the louisville metro area pretty much um yeah so my there was there's not a lot of music in my family there's some on my dad's side my aunt and they grew up singing in the church. My aunt got a degree in music and teaches um, orchestra to high school and middle school students. So she teaches all the strings. Um, and for some reason, you know, I think it just turned into my mom had a piano from her, her grandmother, her great grandmother that she inherited. It's a little upright piano that sat in our, in our living room with a, a little cigarette burn stain on the, on the keys, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's one of the, <laughs> the things that sticks out to me and um she decided one day that i was going to be musical so it wasn't even it wasn't necessarily my choice and i think that's why 
my piano lessons were more of a chore than they were anything else. So I took piano lessons from the time I was about in third grade hmm. up until sixth grade. Um, still suck at piano. Still not good at it. Same. But, you know, there it, it started being this, you know, do I like music? Do I not like music? Hmm. Um, but by the time I got to sixth grade, even my mom was still influencing me, even that. So we didn't have a a bell choir, a chime choir, whatever, yeah. a tone, tone chime, tone chime choir. Yeah. Um, but we did have regular choir. I was in reg- I was in choir all throughout elementary school, and I loved it. Didn't like piano, loved choir. Had a good time. One of the most embarrassing videos my parents have of me is at a choir concert with me dressed up. Um. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fun time. I know the whole song, but I will not sing it to you. That's fine. <laughs> You're uh, not required. No. <laughs> yeah, so I I kind of my my entrance into music was more forced upon me, but the love of music sort of came in response to that by finding the type of music that I loved. Okay. So it was vocal music, and I by no means am I a good singer, but I I enjoy I enjoy singing. Um, I was in choir in high school, elementary school. I skipped the middle school route because that's when band happened. Uh, and the only reason I was in choir again in high school because I lost a bet. But we'll come to that later, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> had to wear a goofy suit and everything. Um, but instrumental music kind of came to me in that when I was starting off in fifth grade, we were getting ready to go to, to middle school. Mm-hmm. You know, the middle school band director comes with all the instruments. You're trying out everything, and they basically pick the one that they think you're the best at, and you go on with that. Well, for some reason, my mom was adamant about me playing the saxophone. Really? So that's what I picked up, you know, and I got my first saxophone. Neither one of us had any idea how to put it together, so it sat in the case for like two months cool. before before class started. And um, yeah, that's everything started on, on saxophone, and... You know, the real reason that I, I continue to play music, though, is not from that initial thought. It's, music has always been a part of my life, but it's never been more integral until I got to high school. Sure. So my high school band director is the reason that I'm still playing music, along with all of my teachers after there. Gotcha. Um, that's when I've, I first really felt that someone was invested in my musicality, someone was invested in my career in music, mm. and someone showed me what music really was and what it felt like and what it, the outlet that it gave for creativity. And I will say his full name because he's amazing. Bradford Rogers, amazing, amazing man from Tennessee originally, <laughs> just one of, the, one of the best band directors anybody could ever have. Um, yeah, he's the reason I still do music, but what got me into it, wasn't really anything that I could pinpoint. It's just, it's always been a part of my life. Really. Sure. Sure. I will add to mine. I did take piano lessons and something that he said was that, you know, it was just like, it was just, you know, kind of for me, like I took piano lessons starting in fourth grade. Sure. Um, But I always felt it was a scientific thing. I don't ask me why. I always felt like playing piano was scientific. Like it was just okay. something that my mom was making me do because, oh, I play piano. You must learn piano. Mine and was, so it was just like, you know, I just did it. But then when I got into my middle school band director, which fine, if you're going to name, I'm going to be Sherry Brightman, you know, um, I mean, Brad Rogers, is, he's, he was KMEA president at least once. Like he's, he's a, he's, he's an amazing band director that everyone yeah. in Kentucky knows as a fantastic band director. So, yeah. you know, um, he's 
legendary in, in Kentucky. And in, in my opinion, he was legendary to our program and legendary to, I mean, my, we'll probably get into it later. But my stepdad was also a band director for 30 something years in Indiana. Sure. So, yeah. you know, he knew him very well and knew him as being a very prestige or very, uh, what's the word? Prestigious. Prestigious yeah. band director. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah, I was just, you know, like playing piano was more scientific. And then when I met my mm -hmm. middle school band director, all of a sudden this like music started to be lyrical and mean something. Yeah, and sure. so that's when I started to really succeed at my piano lessons and started to like outplay everybody. And by the time I was in eighth grade, I was outplaying my piano teacher. Gotcha. So, yeah. Well, to answer my own question, I'll also answer the next one because that will stem properly because mine are conjoined unfortunately like my potential twin anyway <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> what got me initially attracted to music is that music was always a part of my life ever since my first memory or one of my first memories that i can possibly recollect both my parents played violin growing up my father should have been a violinist in the chicago symphony orchestra that's an entirely different story if I'm ever to get my parents on the podcast. And then I'm the baby of my family. So my older sister, my eldest, uh, my older sister, um, she played piano and clarinet, gave up both of them. My brother began with piano, but then became percussionist uh, at first in band and then orchestra. And then he went off into a drum set, and even to this day, he plays in a rock band type of thing, doing covers and what have you. I've been told it's a good show. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I haven't been to Illinois in a hot minute to see one of his shows. I will say one of my favorite cover band names is Vinyl Richie. That's that's nice. pretty that, good. That's yeah. pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as for myself, being influenced by all that. I knew I wanted to be a part of music, but I didn't know what specifically. And I knew for a damn fact, even when I was five, I did not want to play violin taking free lessons from my father because he was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so I did piano lessons like all of us here. And they were fine. They were fun. I enjoyed my teacher, but I got bored of piano super fucking fast. And leading to the next question why did you pick your primary instrument so for me uh, because piano was boring and at that same time in elementary school fifth grade i was 10 years old it was the time where they were like hey for those of you who are interested in band at this particular elementary school in the state of illinois uh Go down to the cafeteria during this period and pick up your instrument. Try them out. See what you wanted to do. So I went down there because I knew I wanted something more than what my parents could provide me. And I didn't want to play clarinet because my sister did it and I didn't want to do something that my siblings did nor my parents. So I go down to the cafeteria and I just see... I'll never forget this. It was the newly edited uh, edition of my elementary school where the hallway split off to the right was the cafeteria full of tables and the new uh stage and to the left is where you got into line to go through the freaking prison conveyor belt to get your food 
Heck yeah. 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 <laughs> the, best, the best food was always when they had pizza day. Oh, oh hell the, the yeah. The freaking rectangular pizzas? No, we had like Papa John's on Fridays. You bitch, I had a freaking frozen rectangular pizza, but that shit was still lit. How dare you be part of a well-funded education system? Hey, Old, say, Oldham I County is, next school here. Oldham County is a wealthy county in Kentucky. But uh, anyway, that's late. That's later in life. Later in life. But then off to the left was the library, which was huge uh, at go. that time. But anyway, I walked off to the right, and when I opened up the doors in order to go to the cafeteria, in front of me was just a bunch of tables, just sh like all the instruments, all the parts, so many ones of each one of them just strung about upon soft cloth. And take your pick. What did you want? What did you want to try? What did you want to play? And people would bring it to you fully cleaned and instruct you how to get a basic endeavor, a basic sound out. Yeah. And That's great. I remember I'm like, okay, um, let's try the saxophone. Let's go. Everyone does. They brought this poor woman, the patience of this poor woman. <laughs> she brought me the saxophone and I could not produce a good pitch of it. I got nothing but squeaks and honks. And I remember her shuddering at the sheer blast of it. That just sounds like a saxophone. Yeah, it was like, a saxophone. I'm like, okay, not sax. How about the flute? Maybe I need something a little bit smaller. So she brings me the flute. I could not get a single sound of it, no matter yeah. how much I rotated, yeah, no matter this or yeah. that. And I remember feeling discouraged. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't play band. But then out of the corner of my eye, <laughs> I see something curly and shiny and cool. <laughs> and it was the French horn. I'm like, I want to try that. And she looks at me. She's like, that? Okay. She brings on over the French horn to me, and she kind of gives me the basic procedure of how to make an embouchure and how to make a raspberry. And to both of our surprises, I got a sound out of it, and it was an, actually a note. So I'm like, yes, this. And the thing that I remember most is that, one, given the, whoever that was who did that whole Pachelbel rant, you're never cool if your instrument's bigger than you. So right off the bat, I was not cool. <laughs> Dragging my French horn home, which was just a few blocks away from my elementary school. And I remember my mother at the time was a stay-at-home mom. And she's like, hey, Frank, how's band I'm like, it was great, mom. And I'm bringing this giant fucking black case. And I'm like, look at the instrument I picked. And I threw it on the kitchen table. It goes a big flunk. And... Um, yeah, I showed her this monstrosity, which was the French horn. And she was like, you couldn't pick the flute? I was like, I tried. I have this now. <laughs> I liked this one. So yeah. I literally picked the French horn because I could get a sound out of it, which was actually a pitch. And it was curly and it was shiny. And to me, it looked cool. That is the sole reasons why I picked the French horn. I cannot wait for you to hear my reasons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So me, so why yeah. why did I pick bassoon? Why, why did you pick bassoon? Uh, well, croissant. If you, croissant. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you want uh, the shortened version, um, essentially I went through all the band. Like I shit you not, I went through all the band instruments. I went through. Okay, so like let's go in order: clarinet, flute, trombone. No, fr uh, French horn. I went through French horn. <laughs> Uh, saxophone, uh, trumpet, trombone. Am I missing somebody? I don't fucking know. Tubas. 
I couldn't. I couldn't. I was. So, I could fit in a fucking tuba case. I, yeah, I, I, I couldn't I, even get I air out of it. I've seen some like three and a half foot tall yeah. people playing the tuba, and it's yeah. it, they yeah. impressive. It. They yeah. kill it. But I like because I played trombone. I was like, I think it's cooler, you know, whatever. And then you know, a little more. Uh, but yeah, I did. I did say yeah, saxophone, saxes, um, yeah, even oboe, whatever. And I'm just sitting here like, none of this is like. Like, other than oboe, but I was like, I don't want to be a constipated duck. That's exactly what it sounded like to me, was a constipated duck. That's what a Barry Sack sounds like to me. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, I don't know. I was like, there's just no freaking instrument. But then I remember, like, they said, like, this one person kept playing this instrument called the bassoon. I was like, I've never heard of that. It's probably really stupid, whatever. And yeah, so it was like, (laughs) my God. Um... But, like, in seventh grade, my parents just randomly purchased me a bassoon. Damn. Like, not really all that great of a bassoon, but also not, like, the horrible brand. Wasn't it through an auction? I, I don't know. Okay. I, you'd have to ask my parents. I don't remember. But I just remember getting it, and I opened up the case, and I'm like, oh, great. What is it? Because <laughs> I'd never seen one. what it do? Yeah, I was like, what does this do? What is and then my bo- parents like, it's a bassoon. I'm like... That's cool. And so, like, you know, I'm playing it high sound like a dying moose, you know. As one should expect. Yes. And so I played it for maybe, like, three months, and I was like, yeah, fuck this. Whatever. I don't care anymore. I sound like crap, and I can't seem to get any better, like, as quick as I was on all the other instruments. True. And so I was like, fine, whatever, fuck this shit. And then I got into high school, and we had the band director change, because my band director was a middle school and high school band director, because it was a Same. small school. And... But she left, so I like I can say that she was my middle school teacher, and then through high school, I had a different teacher. Yeah. Um, and she was like, oh, well, for this one piece, I really need a bassoon player. Does anybody know how to play bassoon? And I was like, eh, if you want a dying moose in the band, you know, whatever. But ironically, um, our choir teacher was also, she double majored, and she was like vocal, and she did music education, but she was a bassoon player. So I took a couple bassoon lessons from her and I was like, okay, this is starting to make a little bit more sense. And went to a bassoon day at a local university and I was like, okay, this is like the coolest shit I've ever experienced in my life. And it just, I fell in love. I fell in love with it after that bassoon day. Like it just, all of a sudden, bassoon was like, this is some cool ass shit. But also the contrabassoon. The contrabassoon is what actually sold me. I was like, I'm going to go to college on this damn thing. I'm going to play a contrabassoon. I'm going to do it in my recital. And guess what I did? Exactly that. I was proud. I got to play contrabassoon. So yes, that was, that was how I, it was a long ass winded thing, but it basically went from like freshman year is when I chose freshman year in high school is when I chose bassoon. So I got to say some of the bassoon moments in my high school career were some of the best. I never played bassoon. Let me let me clarify that. But uh, I'm trying to think of the like the bassoon the bassoon parts in uh, in the Children's March by Percy Allen Granger. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. There's something else that we did it was like something bear, like sleeping bear. It was some bear thing. It yeah. Like, I think it was like a three. It was like a bassoon solo, but we ended up having three of our four bassoonists stand up at the front of the stage like stand up nice and like trade the solo off it was some cool stuff yeah but if, if you guys have not 
looked at a bassoon fingering chart. It's like reading Egyptian oh. hieroglyphics. Oh, yeah, I love it. You can it it makes no sense. It makes perfect sense. I have to me, tried to me. make sense of it as a music educator. Could not. I tried so hard just for my students. They were like, what is this note? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I will say that they have online now a uh, actual like physical rendition of what it looks like on the bassoon. Oh, I bet that'd be really helpful. Rather yeah, than that's, like... that's how I wrote. I actually have a fingering chart that I wrote from that program because I was like, I, I, these kids don't fuck. I can't. What's T2? What the fuck does T2 mean? There's two thumbs. I, I have two thumbs. Which one's T2? This T2? No, this, this is the T2. Hornsley have one T, and that's sometimes. Yeah. 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 So yeah, no, like I can totally agree. Like reading like the standard of excellence uh bassoon. That's a terrible big chart. That's all I had. I'm just like, huh. Okay, let me go read this graph. Okay, that's that fingering. Oh, what's that one? Shit. Wait, wait, what was that one again? Okay, like you just have to keep the it's it fucking sucked. So that's probably why I sucked so bad, because I was like reading hieroglyphics. You need three charts. And like a cipher to figure out what note you're supposed yeah. to play. You, you basically need to be the stars um, must be aligned. You, you need to be the kid from a Christmas story going through his like radio ad. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Drink more Ovaltine. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Wrong one. <laughs> All right. So, what's your story? Yeah. Uh, so, why did you pick horn? So as. I mean, I, I guess you just kind of cats out of the bag now. Uh, I did start on saxophone when I started. So that that big, uh, you know, the the middle school teacher brings in all the instruments. You try everything. You know, Frank over here is what we would call a purebred. And that he started on a horn, didn't change. Yeah. Um, all the horn players in my high school, with the exception of one, started on something else. Mm. Uh, we had a flute player. Who switched over we had a few trumpet players that switched over me i was a saxophone player that switched over um i didn't actually start horn until my sophomore year of high school uh, i played saxophone through middle school all three years of middle school um well yeah sixth seventh eighth for those who might have different uh intermediates and stuff um ninth grade started freshman year Played saxophone, was terrible at it. I uh, got put into a remedial program for band. We had two bands. I was in the bottom band. Couldn't even play in band because I wasn't good enough. Um, finally got to where I, I completed my smart music assignments to actually be able to do it. For those of you who know what smart music is. Uh, I remember it. I'd sounds like a couple people know what it is. My experimented with smart music for like a, a semester. And then she was like, fuck this shit. I'm doing something else. Yeah, we had so. smart music. That was like our like test assessment for band yeah, that, was, that we used. Yeah. Uh, my director didn't care. He would usually, he would always listen to the audio file and not whatever smart music gave you because most people didn't have microphones and and it, it was a big it, not a mess but it was not not fun not fun to deal with yeah yeah it was really only a thing when the the school board was really on his ass about it sure sure um but yeah so sophomore year comes around i always love talking to my aunt about it because she's like oh i know why you switched to the horn why, why you switched to french horn uh because you French horns, I knew it's hard and you wanted a challenge. I was like, yeah, that's that, that's why I switched. That's why. No, the, the real reason. So we were, it was actually like the first day of marching band my sophomore year. Uh, at the end of the day, 
my director was like, hey, we need some more French horn players. They only had a couple, or maybe like three or four. We had two bands to fill in the spring. Oh, so he was like, if anyone wants to play French horn, just come up to me after class. And I was like, I, I looked over at the French horn players and I was like, yeah, I want to play that instrument. That's I like the sound of it. It's cool. But uh, let's get to the real reason here. Mm-hmm. I looked over and there were... Uh, there were two girls over there. Oh boy. We'll uh <laughs> we'll abbreviate them to KB and BP. Uh-huh. Uh I was like, mm, I can play the horn. I can play French horn. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I went up after class and, and you know me, I I went up to the front of the class like, oh yeah, no, like this will be fine. Like, you know, I'll I'll, I'll finish the marching season on the on the saxophone and I'll play French horn for uh for the concert season. We were not a competitive marching band. We just played at the the halftime shows at the Friday night football games. We didn't do any of the extra stuff. We were mainly focused on concert band. And uh I remember I walked up to the to my teacher and he was like, Oh, great, great, yeah. Um You'll be in uh, French horn sectionals tomorrow. Here's your mellophone and a fingering chart. And I was like, oh, oh shit. shit. <laughs> oh no! So I crapped all over myself that year, but I, I had some of the coolest, uh, the coolest drill, because it, it, it felt very reminiscent of some sort of a metamorphosis into my musical life and and, and moving forward. Because the the drill, he didn't. We had already put the opener on the field mostly, like mm. the first few sets, and uh, I was in the saxophone section, obviously. Well, then I wasn't holding a saxophone anymore. So it was like this cool like transition in the drill of my trans my transformation from a saxophone player to a horn player and that I was in the sax section leading up to this one this one part where they kind of like intersected and then I switched and left with the mellophones. It was really cool. It was very very sentimental and very um very much a uh, a metaphor for me being that this is what I'm doing now and uh the results were crazy. Um with my switch within the, you know, the first three months of me learning, learning how to play the French horn mm. on my own and, and sitting in the sections, I made all district band, which is something I could have never done on the, on the saxophone as hard as I tried. This wasn't good enough for it. No. So, uh, definitely a change for the better, but yeah, uh, it's, uh, two pretty girls in the horn section that made okay. me switch. Girls help. It, you know, the, the fun part is, is that they were some of my best friends through high school. Hmm. Never any kind of relationship or anything. They were some of my best friends. Coolest people you ever meet. So, uh, yeah, interesting. that's yeah. why, that's why I ultimately chose the horn. Um, after that, I just fell in love with it. It came naturally to me. I loved the sound of it. Yeah. I loved watching movies, which was very helpful because yeah. a lot of movie soundtracks have very prominent horn lines and. I remember talking to some of my trumpet friends in middle school, and it was like, why do you play the trumpet? It's like, oh, because we always get the melody. And I was like, now I get the melody. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, do you? So, uh, yeah, it was uh, a couple pretty girls, and then I I liked the sound of it. I will say that, like, flute was almost my major. Like, I took lessons on it for, like, a year and a half. Nice. Um, And I made, like, all region, all district band and everything with that. Um... But then I tried on a bassoon, and I didn't make it. 
And I was actually really upset by that because I was like, oh, I've been trying really hard. Yeah. But then literally six months later, I got into the top uh, youth orchestra in the state of Indiana. So I was like, oh, okay, I don't I don't care anymore. Yeah, All no, you you're people, fine. You go to district, I'm better than you. But I was like, you know, not trying to pull ego on anybody. Yeah. But I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, screw you. I'm in the top orchestra of the state of Indiana. So moving right along with that progression of moving up and onward not only with our own experiences and accumulation of growth with our instruments but uh when in your life did you decide to make music your college major the instant i chose the instant i went to bassoon day just straight on bassoon day yes so it was a double fold for it you. was a double fold for me i literally came home from that like completely blown away from everything that I experienced. I mean, not the fact that I, not only the fact that I was on a college campus when this happened. Yeah. A smaller college campus, mind you, but. Which one was it? Butler University. Okay. Um, Butler's great. Yeah. And I came home from that, like, I got to play a contrabassoon. I got to play a modern contrabassoon called the Contraforte, you... which about crap made me crap my pants because it can play even lower than the contrabassoon. Wasn't uh, Sue uh, Nigro there? No. No. no, 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 That was much later in that my life. That was later. Okay. Yes. I thought she um, was there. But because I learned about the Contrabassoon that day, that's when I found out about her. Okay. And purchased all of her CDs and al albums and stuff like that. I'm sorry if y'all... For those old. of you who don't know, Sue Nigro is a very profound Contrabassoon player who has made album after album, basically a soloist and profound... Uh, just teacher and just musician. Uh, she was also a principal of a Chicago school district. Yeah. Um, or superintendent or whatever. Chicago school so district. So a huge staple in the bassoon community. Yes. Um, but it was that it, it was a twofold for me that day when I I was like, yeah, I now want to go into music. And I mean, kind of because contrabassoon a little bit, it may have been a little bit selfish of me at that time, just because I was like, oh, I would just contrabassoon, fuck the bassoon, I'm going to do this so that I can do this. But then it kind of folded into, I was like, okay, the bassoon is a lot more intricate than I thought. I actually like this. And, you know, then finding out that, you know, bassoon is a scholarship instrument. <laughs> Um, pretty much in any college, really. Um, so, so here's the thing. I said uh, when you decide to make music your major, bassoon uh -huh. is one fold of it, but you decide to be a music education major. So where does the education portion come into your decision? That's a really good question. I think I wanted to be a music ed major for a while, but I didn't really know that that's what I wanted to do. Um, cause I toyed around with in middle school being a meteorology major, which has nothing to do with music, really, unless you're just blasting music while a tornado is chasing you. Um, which but, is pretty, pretty, that, that's pretty yeah. fucking yeah. I mean, metal. if you're, if you're riding in the truck chasing a tornado and you don't have music playing. Yeah, literally. You're a psychopath. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, that music, it's what prevents you from being one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. Any music is better than none. Yeah. Um, so like I was toying around with that idea um and then i was like okay but i like music but then because of my teacher she was teaching i was like i i want to be like her i want to i want to inspire kids um but i don't it never really solidified for me literally until that day I like i was still between wanting to do stuff like that i also wanted to do psychology like i was between meteorology psychology and music education and until that day that's when i was like i now know what i want to do and i just kept going for it there we go. which was music education it wasn't music performance because i hate performing <laughs> 
but we'll probably there's probably we'll get to we, that. we'll get to that later we'll to that. yeah okay what about you yeah mine's an interesting story to a degree so i was surrounded by music educators both in my high school life with mr rogers but also in my home life with my stepdad so my stepdad was um a band director in scott county district 2 for quite a long time um brought that band the, the, they didn't have a they didn't have a lot of sports teams so a lot of the parental support was for the band uh i they were a competitive band for as we were not so i worked with them a lot just because he was my stepdad so i would i would come in as an older person you know mainly whatever i'd see what they're doing i'd go to the contest i'd listen to them i'd hear how he was talking about them um and i saw an opportunity to go into music and i i really liked music and one of the things that has been i i wouldn't call it I wouldn't call it necessarily a negative, but it's something that I should have done earlier. And I, it's happened twice in my life, and I'm fighting for it to never happen again. Um, and I, I call it the four-year curse to a, to the extent that high school is four years, my undergraduate degree was four years, and that in my high school career, I didn't really take music seriously until my senior year. Okay. The last year I was there, my senior year, it's like, hey, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do everything I can to do it. And then I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in high school, that was making all state band, which was not an easy task. You had to make it through all districts. Then you had to be, you had to get within a certain range. It was the top 10 of all the horn players in that district to even qualify to audition for all state band. Uh, I made it for the qualification. I beat my rival Hannah. If you're listening, love you to death but like i beat you <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh had to make it within the top 10 then qualified to make it made the qualification went to the audition made it into an all-state band mm. there were two all-state bands i was in the lower band but i made it to all-state yeah that year i actually made it an all-state band and all-state choir again if we talk about that later i can talk about the bet um <laughs> that leads into why I made all square. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I started really taking music seriously my senior year. I started wondering, you know, what would I do in college? And my dad was a big proprietor of make doing something that would make money, either in business. He knew I, I, I was pretty good at math growing up, so he, he wanted me to be an engineer. My best friend was huge into physics. Um, he, he took his first year of physics, his sophomore year, which is a senior year class, uh, took a, an advanced physics B course, his junior year, and then took a study hall to take AP physics C, both in electromagnetism and something else. I don't remember what it was, but he was the only one in the class and he did so it during a study hall. He was teaching, he, he basically during, I remember during pre-calculus, uh, he went up an AP pre-cal. He went up to the teacher junior year and was like, Hey, I need calculus for my physics. And she said, here's a book. And he learned calculus. So he was the one that was like fact checking all the tests. Oh my God. Like for like, yeah, no, I remember. Um, and he, he then took calculus the following year. 
with the physics with the physics not professor the physics teacher of our high school which mm. i took physics my senior year it was you know generic like this is you know e equals mc squared here's how to calculate force and velocity and what i like all based very basic physics yeah and uh he was also teaching calculus for the first time that year so he was like making his own tests and doing all this i remember my friend was in that class and uh he would go through the test and he would raise his hand and call the teacher over. He's like, I, I won't use his name, but he was like, the answer's not on here. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, the answer should be this. And he would like to redo the calculation. He'd go through and he's like, oh, you're right. I didn't put the answer on there. So he, he was, he was correcting the calculus teacher while he was taking calculus. So my dad was very much like, he's your best friend. He lives down the street. Convince him to not do music. Uh, uh, but you know, I wanted to do music. He was, he's my best friend. He's a good friend. He never even told me about it until we were not in, in college. Wow. So, but it, it was mainly the, what got me into music for a degree was mainly the inspiration of both my stepdad and my band director sure. to put in perspective. My stepdad was also the, uh, Isma state president twice. Um, he is a drum corps judge. And he, he's very much into like the band scene, yeah. very much into it. I went to my first drum corps show because of him. Um, very influential in, in that respect. So I wanted to be a music educator because of them. Also, there's a little hint of self-deprecation in that going in there, I'm a music ed major because I'm not good enough to be a performance major. Mm -hmm. So that was that was also part of the, the whole shtick. I loved music, but I wasn't good enough to do something better. Those who can't teach. Those who can't do teach. Yeah. And those who can't teach, teach PE. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I went in there. I was super inspired. I, I didn't think I could actually do the thing. So I would teach the thing. And, uh, you know, if once we once we get into a little bit more through, through college, first three years, I had an interesting relationship with a girl that led to a lot of issues, but by senior year, I was all in, and that's where things changed to performance. Sure. Um, so if that's a question later, we can talk about that later. It will be. So yeah, yeah. yeah what got me into it were, were the, the inspiration from both my band director and my stepdad, who was also a band director. So getting it from both sides as both a student mm. and seeing, seeing behind the scenes what a band director's life looks like all right. and the impact. So that's well, what made me want to teach. Well, between the three of us, uh, for my own answer, uh, between three different states, there seems to be one unanimous uh, uh, perspective between us all. <laughs> Bless you. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm good. Um, you have a curvy finger. Is that? I, I can't do it straight. Like it, this, my left one's the best. We're flipping each other off and comparing metal fingers. This one, does, I, this one doesn't want to go all the way up. So. Oh yeah, look at that. Have, have, you seen, have you seen the curve that my fingers can do? I mean, now I you, don't mind. Are you ready? Yeah, pinky. That's a little odd. That, 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 that. I'm glad you all can't see this. Yeah, I'm making a W with my hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all three of us had a influential high school teacher between us three and uh, 
I remember the first time that I met my high school, um, my high school band director. I was in eighth grade, and he came around whoever was coming to his high school in order to be able to uh, just audition all the individual uh, people transferring to his within the district, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I remember that he came to my middle school. And I was the very last person that he was to audition just to see where I would place amongst his bands, what I knew, and this and that. And something that you should know about me personally, especially within my youth, is that I was a horrible, horrible, shitty, uncommitted student through my K-12 through education. Did not care for any of it. If it did not pertain to something that I was interested in, I did not care because I knew it would not carry through my adulthood. And I still hold that belief to this day. So, when the late Grace, uh, Grace, great, he's since deceased, uh, Chris Keys is his name, uh... He was my high school band director and the high school band director in my high school for many years. He essentially built that program. He's a French horn player as well. And he came waltzing into the band room of my middle school. He auditioned the flute player whose name I remember, but she's not of great importance to the story. But I remember he sat down. He's like, so you're a horn player too? I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, take out your horn. Let's see what you can do. I said, okay. I take out my little Holton uh, H365 or whatever it was, uh, H345, and he's like, okay, uh, play for me a C major scale. I don't know what that is. He's like, okay, can you play for me a uh, F major scale? I don't know what that is. And the reason why I don't know what that was because... At, I was in 8th grade at that time. You would think I would know it. But I didn't. Because my middle school band director, to me, was a shitty-ass teacher. He didn't teach me a goddamn thing. The only thing that he taught me was, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, it's inexcusable. That is the only thing he taught me. So, when Mr. Keys came in, and when I told him I didn't know how to play any of these scales, and he comforted me, he said it was okay, he busted out his horn, and he started playing all the scales, three octaves. The man was a huge Star Trek fan, so we started playing Star Trek themes. You mean Star Wars? No, Star Trek. I know that one. He was a huge Star Trek Band. I was gonna say it was like because he like you said he played Star Wars for you. No Star Trek. You've said that many many years, and this is the first time I've heard you say Star Trek. No, he was a huge Star Trek fan. He would always. Da, 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 da. Oh yeah. Okay, that is Star Trek. Yeah. Okay, I, you said he played Star Wars. So... No Star Trek. He, he played. He, I think he hated Star Wars. I know Star Trek. But. <laughs> I remember that I just, after he played all that, I literally bust into tears in front of him from embarrassment of, I'm supposed to know this and I'm supposed to play this in front of this person who is worlds beyond me. 
And... It's beyond you because he's had so many more years than you, but yeah. But in eighth grade, you don't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> but I came a part of, um, I came under his tutelage. And just listening and being a part of him in private lessons and this and that. I was one of his prize students, quote-unquote. Where he was like, yes, he was this, couldn't play a C scale. And now he's one of my best students. And it was because of Mr. Keyes' influence that I'm like, I want to be as good as him, if not better. <laughs> and that's where, I, where and why I took uh music performance with the french horn as my major the thing is is that that's a trickery slope trickery tricky slope for me slippery 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 trickery slope is because pursuing music as a major was actually third on my list i actually think first was acting second was going into welding and then third was music but I didn't want to go into acting or welding because none of my family has done that. And at least with music, my father went to DePaul for music performance. Yep. So that's DePaul why... with an L, everybody. Yes, DePaul. DePaul with an L in Chicago. Not DePaul. DePaul. Here in Indiana, yeah. Okay. So. so that's why I went into it. Yeah. So... What were you expecting in college life as a education major? Oh God, I was expecting a whole lot. Um, is how so? How broad am I allowed to be with this? Because I I got twofold here. As long and as broad. Because I don't know what you... other questions you have. So I could give you a rundown, but uh, considering everything, I would try to make it as concise and profound as possible. Okay. Um, so what I was expecting in college, so I'm not to say how, how, how disappointed I was, or just what did, what do you just want me to answer? How, what did I suspect? What were you what expecting? Expected? What did okay. you suspect? I expected, um, a lot more. Uh, because I thought that, you know, I wanted to go into band. I didn't want to go into elementary music. I was expecting a lot more band teaching stuff instead of so much elementary music crap. Um, because uh, I went to two different universities and each university wanted to focus on one year each of elementary and then a half a semester on band. I thought that was shit. Hmm. Now. So that that's what I was expecting. Okay. And I was I was expecting like two years of like intensive focus, maybe clinicals and shit like that, and then other like researchive and like you know score study type focus on band. That's what I was expecting. If that's what your answer is, I'm sorry I went past that, but I was expecting at least two years of some sort of like intensive focus on band or orchestra. Okay, and okay, we'll leave it at that then. Yeah, I was gonna say it was like if, you, if there's another question that it'll like, elaborate. Okay. We'll okay. Yeah, but that—that's what I was expecting. What were you expecting, suspecting, uh, in college life as an education major? I was expecting it to be easy, to be completely honest. Um, that's kind of my like. I was expecting easy. to be banned, and like I was like, oh, it's gonna be easy. I'm gonna get it. Like it's you yeah. know, it's gonna be some new things I might not know, but it's gonna be like, oh, I got it. You know, like that. Yeah, type I, of stuff. I yeah. was expecting it to be 
You know, I honestly, I, I'm not even gonna lie. Like, I was not expecting Gen Eds. Uh, oh, that, that really wasn't a, a thing in my brain. I was like, oh, fuck you, statistics. I fucking hate you. Sorry. Okay. Maybe I mean, not. I had already taken AP statistics, so I kind of oh, got out of that. I took fucking basic statistics, and I failed my ass off twice. Well, I'm just saying, in high school, I took AP stats, and I I got out of my statistics, my stats class in, in college. Um, I also got written. I also got out of my my whole first year of music uh, ther uh, therapy music theory, uh, so I didn't have to worry about that. But there were some problems with that too, with uh, how they defined certain things was different than how I learned it in high school. Sure. So there sure. there my first couple te uh, there was a test that I missed one question on after I specifically asked. Okay, so you mean this, and I should call it this, and the answer was yes, and I said that on the test, and they were like, you got it wrong, it should be this, which was what I knew it as. It's like, okay, whatever. You suck, whatever, let's move on. Um, yeah, no, I, I expected music school to be uh, pretty easy. Um, I expected to be in the band, I expected to... You know, learn a thing or two here, learn how to play a couple different instruments and, and kind of go on from there. And uh, I was sorely mistaken. The life of a music education major at the University of Kentucky can be a pretty busy one. Um, having to go and observe a lot of classes, not 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 just classes in the university, but go out and, and observe classes in high schools and middle schools and elementary schools and, and have a certain level of understanding as to and communication with the teachers in that region of, you know, what are they doing? Why are they doing it? How did the class react? What are your interpretations of what's going on? So it ended up being a lot more than I ever expected it to be. But ultimately, that was in a very good way. So I expected it to not be a lot. It was a lot, but I loved it. So, you know, that's, that's kind of where that was. Gen Eds were a pain in the butt that, you know, I met a lot of friends through. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, you know, other than having my best friend who was a physics major in, in, in high school or a physics person in high school, then going to major in physics at my undergrad with me, um, he helped a lot in, in meeting some people outside of the music department, but gen eds did that as well. So, so I thought it'd be easy. wasn't so easy. So let me clarify. Um, you state of Indiana, uh -huh. Kentucky. Yep. UK. Both of you went from high school straight to a four-year undergraduate program. That's right. Yes. As music educators. Yes. Yep, no break. Nope. Just right after high school, Although straight into it. I yep. had my mental health thing, but right. essentially that's, I got caught up. So, yeah, but yes, still. That's potentially something we'll get into. Okay. I had a summer break and enrolled. Yeah. Gotcha. That, that was it. Yeah. So, uh, in total, let's just share... Uh, off my questionnaire, how many years it took for you to get your undergraduate degree? Uh, four and a half. <laughs> uh, in school, six years, total seven years. It took me eight years. So the reason why, and all different reasons as to why we came across these different undergraduate accomplishments. Like, I was born in 92, I'm 30 years old. Uh, from 18 to 20, God, only fucking, uh, from 18 to 26, 20, 28, 18 to 28, because you were in school. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> with, with 
Yeah. Because. Yeah. 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 Eighteen to twenty-eight. You graduated in December twenty twenty. Eighteen to twenty-seven, essentially. Uh, it took me that long to get my undergraduate degree. Yeah. Um. So what I was expecting. <laughs> wait! 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 Were you not a graduate student here at IU? No. Well, no, I was a graduate student here at IU. Okay. I began yeah, in... Never mind, never mind. I, we're good. I, I thought I was confused. I don't think I have any. No, yeah. no, no. So, for me, because I... Blow my mind, because Robert Fox... Oops. Is not... <laughs> he's an undergrad. He, he's taking a little bit. It's of... okay. I have yeah. a relative with the same name, and he's like 60 years older, so it's fine. Great, so it's him. Yeah, yeah it's, it's him. him. No. Uh, so, for me, I graduated high school in 2010. I went to a community college. You, <laughs> Say hello to your wife. Yeah. Um, she great. She great. You great. Give me an update on that book of mine. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, How many people did you give books to? Well, Clevenger was one of them. I know. Good luck. <laughs> I, I, anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to derail. No. Yeah. Um, so I graduated high school and yeah, my expectations. I eventually decided that, yes, music major and music performance was going to be my major in college. I did opted against music education because I saw and I knew preemptively because of all of the friends that I had in high school wanting to go into just music education in general. I mean, just education in general, let alone music education. I knew that Illinois was were fucking assholes. With the amount of tests that you had to do and the prices of the amount of tests that you had to do. So I figured if I could just be a music major, get a master's degree, I can forego all of that and still teach at a college level. So while I was on the way to do that, my grades in high school sucked. I was a C average, C plus average. So I knew I would go to community college. I did that for three years. This is supposed to be your expectations, not what you got. Yeah, your expectations, bro. My expectations was that I wouldn't get fucked over with universities picking and choosing what courses that I had and had accomplished to their curriculum in order for me to start my degree over again twice. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah, well, you, you know that you and I have similar experiences. So yeah, I, have the, I have the very different experience. Yeah. I, I had a very straightforward experience. I have no idea how many years in total I actually took my music theory and oral skills and piano proficiency courses. Far too long. I don't know why C major skills are spelled differently throughout every single university when they're not. Whatever. My expectation was, I'm a good horn player, I'm going to practice being a good horn player, and I want to perform. That is what I expected. What I received was a bunch of bureaucratic bullshit. Bureaucratic. Bureaucratic bullshit. Which only cultivated for the sake of the prospect of the university through thriving, through unfair, unnecessary tests which made you start lower than what you should so that you paid more tuition. So you had a great experience is what I'm understanding. It was, it was <laughs> the only thing missing was a pina colada. Yeah, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Do you like pina coladas? Yeah. And getting, and getting fucked, fucked by the, the university. Yeah. <laughs> I went from my high school to McHenry County College at Illinois State University to Northern Illinois University. Essentially every single time starting my degree over again. As a performance major. Damn. I was going to say, I started out at Butler University here in Indianapolis, Indiana. And it's a private school. And so it had really, really great teachers. And then I went off to Illinois to go to a four-year university because I needed to get the fuck out of Indiana so hard. Um, and I, yeah, welcome back. Um, and I went over there and they were like, oh, because you went to a private university, we can't accept any of your credits. You're going to start your whole degree over. And I was like, You've, I did two years. Like, literally, I've done everything that was, like, technical to a music education degree. And they said, no, you got to go perform for those professors. Those professors didn't even give a shit. They didn't give a shit. I just literally said, I can do this. And they're like, okay, stamp of approval. Like, only one professor actually made me do something. Yeah. And even then, she was like, stamp of approval. I don't give a shit. Um, so it's like, yeah, I had the kind of the same, you know, my shit didn't transfer over. But I still ended up having to do fucking four years. It didn't matter. Thankfully, I didn't have to do piano at that university because I think I would have killed myself. Yeah. But that's fine. So, moving right along, what were your experiences? Yeah. And I will say this much. I know we all have good experiences. I know we all have bad experiences. I know that we all have felt discouraged at one point in our time throughout our uh, higher educational experiences. So... Pick one or two of the worst and the best experiences that you had as your for your higher educational de- uh, degrees. I mean, okay, for the worst, I mean, obviously with the credits just not transferring. I was expecting at least a maximum of three years, and I ended up having to do four. Um... I think that would that was the biggest disappointment, and I I eventually got over it because I was like, fine, whatever. I had like a I had like a whole year where I was like doing basic credit hours, and I had like a shit ton of free time. It was glorious because of that. So I was like, you know what, fuck this shit, whatever. Um, another bad experience, and I think it's potentially because I I'm I'm going by my second school because like. I, I mean, I had a really bad experience in my first school, but I want to say that I was also mentally not with... Like, I was with the world, but I had a lot of shit going on in my life. Um, not that the, this is a podcast to share it, um, but I, yeah, I I hated my life. Let's just say it at my first university. The second time, the second university I went to, I was doing much better. Um... Uh, and I think between both universities, I will say it is the administration that really kind of ruined a lot of things. Uh, because the first university, they made it publicly known through the entire university that I was the second highest scholarship winner. So already expectations were super fucking high for me. And that I, I, I'm this type of person. I, I'm a fly on the wall. I, I was always like that. Even in like my second university, I was a fly on the wall. And then second university administration was just shit. Like just administration wasn't good. Um, all they wanted to do for like our freaking what 
weekly con- uh, convos or whatever convocations that we had yeah. was I wanted to talk to us about entrepreneurship. I kid you not, that word became so goddamn boring because that's all they wanted to do is just talk about music business. Not music education, not bring a, a local music educator or bring in a popular music educator from the state to talk to us. They want to talk about entrepreneurship. And I was like, just kill me now. Like, this this does not make me feel like my degree matters in this university. So those are my two bad one, two bad memories. Um, good memories? <laughs> Who? Uh... Or just experiences. Experiences, yeah. I will say that amongst the first university, I don't really have a whole lot of positive, really, for me. It it was just a whole negative experience. But second university at NIU, um, I was mostly a fly on the wall my first year there and kind of even my second year. Um, But I would just say that the opportunities to be... The opportunities to be noticed hmm. um, were a lot higher with that university, not just because there were only three bassoons in the whole time, entire university at the time, um, but I I felt like I felt like ensemble directors and all ensemble directors were actually really respective of knowing people's talents, and they weren't going to disrespect them hmm. at any rate. Like I mean, no matter how you learned. Um, so I felt like ensemble directors were a really positive aspect of that. Um, and then I I would just say that just like the friends that I made through that, because I'm still friends with many of the people that I went to school there. Um, and just, I think because it was, you know, private to public, you know, public, there was a lot more people, um, a lot more, I, I suppose, melting pot of people sure. to be friends with. And I think that that was that was probably the best experience for me is that I got to meet a lot of people that were either like me or different from me, and I got to learn from them. And I thought that was cool. What about you? Yeah, so my, my overall experience was definitely positive. There's one negative experience that sticks out in my mind that changed my life forever. I don't know if you guys had to do them, but we had... Uh, scale juries where <laughs> every e- semester each each semester each year you had to learn a different type of scale and be proficient in all 12 scales essentially so the first semester freshman year was working on some scales just met some new friends was kind of like am i in the right place for this you know i've i've always been sort of that that annoying person who and didn't have to practice, but was always good enough to get by. Sure. So sure. I, what was practice through high school? Didn't never practiced, just but it ended up being the principal chair. Um, my freshman year, go to scale juries. We had easy scales and hard scales. So easy scales were the scales that went up to three to four sharps and flats. Everything beyond that was a hard scale. Remember, I was so nervous going into my first scale jury. Um, my first scale was an F major scale. Easy for horn players. That's the one you always play. It's always one of the first ones you learn. Um, and then my second scale was a D major scale, which for those of you who don't know, has two sharps. And I couldn't play it. 
I worked so hard on the hard scales, I forgot to work on the easy scales, and I failed my first scale jury on an easy scale. Mm. Mm. So that messed with me quite a bit. Um, a friend of mine at the time that would also kind of compounded it was uh, I had a good friend of mine at the time who there was a little bit of romantic interest there. And another friend of mine was a hardcore cock block. And she was like, oh, yeah, let's I'm so sorry. Let's go get some ice cream and hang out. And he was like, I'm going to come. And it was like, oh, didn't help. uh but the rest of the time was was pretty positive so i had you know like my four-year curse by the time my senior year came around for my my undergraduate degree i really took uh playing seriously i had a fantastic senior recital where my teacher encouraged me to to pursue a graduate degree in performance which i did um on top of being a member of the orchestra and the top band ensemble um I really, really worked myself from the bottom to the top and, you know, is, is finding my way through how to practice, what to practice, how often to practice. Um, there were, there were definitely some, some trials and tribulations, but ever since that, that failing of the, of the scale exam, it just kind of lit a fire under me. That's like, I'm never going to be there again. I'm never going to get caught unprepared again. Um, and overall my, my undergrad experience was fantastic. Coming into graduate school, I can also say the same. I came in at the bottom of the totem pole. Uh, I was in a position that I didn't like, didn't really, didn't feel appreciated. I was a, a performance master's degree. Um, yeah, I was pursuing my master's in performance, and the person next to me was a theory major who was the, the principal horn of the band I was in, and I was the assistant. And often he would ask me for advice and he would ask me to play solos and he would ask me to do all this and he would get all the credit. And I was like, no, this isn't going to happen. Um, put my foot to the, or what, what, what is it? Put nose the, to the grindstone. Nose to the grindstone. Yeah. I, I was going to say blade because that's, you're actually sharpening that. Anyway, uh, put my nose to the grindstone, started working. Um, that's when I was working with the, uh, the famous Dale Clevenger before he passed uh, this January. This past January. This past January. Wow. It's, it's, wow. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's still a shock. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I studied two years with him. Amazing horn professor. Amazing horn player. Amazing just person in general. To Dale. To uh, I still can't call him that because I haven't won a job. To Mr. Clevenger. To, to Miss. To it's Professor you. Clevenger. Yes. So his his rule was when you won a job you can call him Dale. Indeed. Yep. We all just did a little bit of a shot, so Oof. he's a wonderful guy. So yeah, <laughs> as he chose. <laughs> uh, oh, I was gonna do the whole thing and then I stopped, and that was a mistake. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I studied with him. Gave me a lot of encouragement. Um, one of the one of the big moments in my there are a couple moments in my mind, especially for him, but one of the big ones there there are two two three major moments. Um, I, I can I can go on and on. <laughs> yeah. um, I can talk about that man for for a century. Yeah. Um, the first the first one was we were working on some Mozart, which was it's notoriously difficult to play Mozart well. Yes. Um, yes. You can play Mozart, you can play it decent, but to play a really good Mozart, it's hard to do. Uh, I remember he was uh, we were working on some Mozart. We've been working on it for a couple weeks. Uh, and trying, he was trying to convey his his sense of musicality through it, and how I can replicate it. 
And uh, I remember he called, I think it was Jeff. Mm-hmm. He called some one of the other uh, teachers in. He was like, listen to this boy play Mozart. Kind of how he talked. See, <laughs> yeah. funny enough that both of my big inspirations of being, music, of being musicians, uh, of me being a musician, are both from Tennessee. Yeah. Um, another time uh, I was playing, actually it was when you were my assistant, mm-hmm. Frank, uh, playing in one of the ensembles here at IU. Uh, he allowed me to borrow one of his instruments. Yes. Remember I played his triple Paxman. Yep. yep. Triple oh. Paxman high F. Yep. So I played one that of the old Clevenger's instruments. That was a fun thing to uh, try to tune to. <laughs> it was you, way... did a, you did a good job. It was me struggling it with was, Heffy there. It was way easier. Than, you, you tuned way better to my 8D than you did a Geyer horn. Yeah. Or not a Geyer because triples aren't Geyers, but yeah. to, to a horn that was in tune. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... Uh, after that concert, I remember I was looking for him, look, trying to return his horn. Actually, my profile picture is still me with Mr. Clevenger, and that, and I'm holding that horn. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I remember we were we had looked for him. Things were dying down. We decided, hey, give it to him the next day. Start walking out, and you just hear from the from the back of or from behind us and backstage, give me that horn, boy. <laughs> 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 Turn around. And the grin on his face of uh, just being so pleased with what I did and being uh, just a proud teacher. And then the the last the last one was at my senior performance, which was in February of 2020. For those of you who are thinking about it, yes, that is right before the lockdown um, and before everything kind of went off. Um, played some pretty hard repertoire from my from my senior recital or from my master's recital. Yeah, and. Uh, remember he came back i had a couple of things i wasn't feeling so great about but he looks at me with a smile shakes my hand gives me a pat on the back and says you did good yeah yeah so you know it's it's these teachers it's honestly my the reason i do music is for my teachers from a band director to a private teacher to a college professor um the encouragement that i got even from my undergraduate teacher who i went to his retirement uh, even just after that senior recital, he said, I really think you should pursue a degree in performance after this. I said, okay. So all my auditions were at the top music schools in the country. I made it into IU. Mm-hmm. And I'm that much better for it. Yeah. So. Absolutely. That Those are my experience. I had that one negative experience made me think I will never be <clears throat> here ever again. Yeah. And yeah. I never was. No. So everything else since then has been positive. I also I I can't talk enough about IU the experiences from the horn department. Um, when we say IU, we mean Indiana Indiana University, University Bloomington yeah. School of Music. Indiana Indiana University Bloomington, the Jacob School of Music. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've I've played in operas. I've played in orchestras. I've played in bands. I've played as a studio musician. I've played. Um, I've accompanied uh, silent films live, and yeah, yeah, that's in right. An auditorium. Yeah, um, I've gotten paid to do some stuff. I've not been paid to do other stuff. Um, that's the typical musician life, by the way. There, there's been, there's been a lot of stuff. there's been a lot of um, opportunity through the university that's been incredibly positive. Um, even though there's not a lot here, yes, outside yeah. of the university, yes. if you don't get a job with the university, you're not really getting a job. Yeah, Indeed. but basically, um, yeah, that those are my experiences with my degrees. 
Yeah. Sorry if that was a little long-winded, but no, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot to talk How about. How many questions do we have left? Only a couple. Oh, jeez. Oh, boy. <laughs> I can talk for days. Let's go. Yeah, I was going to say, it was like, we're already like an hour and a half in. Jeez. That's okay. Oh, okay. It's, oh, it's making up for all the time that I didn't do an hour with these podcasts. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, I'll I'll keep mine short to the best of my ability. Obviously, the bads that I've had with my uh, higher educational degree is primarily just credits, not transferring, and how it took me eight years to get one fucking degree. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of your roles has been administrative. Yeah. Right. Rather yeah. than music-related. Yeah. The so. one music-related gripe that I could extend was my horn professor at Illinois State University in Normal, Illinois was um i want to call him out because he's such a bastard but he's retired now so what difference does it make yeah, do whatever you want yeah, whatever um if he's retired what difference does it make to not call him out you know whatever, right? do whatever you want previous horn professor Do uh dr joe neisler was what a name <laughs> well he actually studied under um Farkas. Oh, Phil Farkas? Yes. Damn. Okay. He studied under Farkas and he actually knew Clevenger when Clevenger was a student under Farkas, Farkas as well. Interesting. So the thing about the man was that when I went in as a prospective student, he was like, Oh yes, come in, come in, let's uh let's let's talk, let's play, I'll have you sit in with an ensemble so you get a full feeling of what rehearsals are like here on a daily basis. After that, come into my office, I'll give you a full blown hour lesson, we'll evaluate yourself as to where I feel you should do and this and that. And he was playing his horn, he was referencing articles about Clevenger and Jacobs and Farkas and just uh, Phil Myers, anyone and everyone who was reputable and just essential within the horn universe, he was making reference to and he was attempting to apply, which is why I have a bunch of those breathing instruments that you see off to your right, mm -hmm. is because they were requirements under his tutelage. When I said yes, okay. This man seems as if he's knowledgeable, he's obviously demonstrating, he's capable, he has a doc... I think he got his doctorate from IU. So let's go. He obviously knows something. Once I got in there, it turns out that he's had a busted lip for over a decade. He was only fronting something to me so in order to get me in, and the man hadn't had a single original idea. He was just a parrot of the greats. And his excuse to all that was, well, if it was good for them, it's good enough for me. Hmm. <laughs> the man also didn't believe that I had sleeping disorders and was ex believing that I was saying that I had sleeping disorders for the sake of being lazy. When I was three hours away from my neurologist to give me prescriptions for my restless leg syndrome... I could not see him because I could not afford to lose a weekend to drive up to uh, my hometown and drive back to normal uh, in order to see my doctors upgrade my prescription. So I essentially withdrew from ISU 
to preserve what little GPI had to transfer to NIU. Dang. Once I transferred to NIU, though, I was top dog horn player the entire time that I was there. Principal horn of the top band and the orchestra. I'm here to concur for that. Yeah, that that's actually what happened. Cool. Yeah. I beat a graduate students and other talents. Um, so that was the worst that happened. Much like you, and much like you, mm -hmm. when I got to my undergraduate... He pointed at me first, and then Shelby just... For... Yeah, yeah, just just for physical reference, yes. Yeah, you know. To both of you, <laughs> windmill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I feel that once I got into my next... Uh, when I got into NIU, when I got to a status of... I'm not bad at this. I actually have something with this, that feeling of recognition. Mm -hmm. Because when I got to NIU, when I was top dog from out of nowhere, which was a huge fucking surprise to me, too. <laughs> um, that's when people started. It was also a huge relief just as knowing that I was there before he was there. And yeah, he saved the horn section. Let's just say that much. <laughs> Like, it was a huge relief not only to be recognized for my talent and for my playing ability, but also the professors were calling me outside of the university to be like, hey, I need a horn player. Help me out with this with this other thing that I'm doing. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. And I got paid for it. Like, holy shit. This works? <laughs> uh, and then when I went to audition to IU, it was literally at a gambit. Um, Can we talk about the audition here? In a yeah, we will. We will. <laughs> I love this story. Oh my god. Uh, so, when it came time, like, my time and Shelby's time at NIU, because we knew each other then. More so than just knew each other. Um, we were... Uh, I was I was thinking to her, I'm, I was expressing, like, what am I going to do? I want to go to graduate school. But at the time when I was filling out, like, graduate applications, I was so bogged down with my last semester putting on two recitals, finishing up graduate course, uh, not graduate courses, but just final courses, this and that. I had no time. He was taking time. acting courses, too. Yeah, I had no time to, like, audition and apply to, like, graduate schools in Illinois. So she said, well, why don't you apply to a couple in Indiana? I'm like, okay, where? She's like, well, you could try Butler and you can try IU. And a part of me scoffed at IU. I'm like, I'm not good enough at IU. Plus the place is toxic there. People intentionally disrupt and destroy other people's instruments in order to get a lead upon their competition. That was just a Apparently rumor. Apparently that was like a decade or two ago. Yeah, that was... I also had a similar mentality with IU in that even in a summer program, uh, there were three of us from the same university and one one person from IU. She happened to be the principal of the section. So that didn't help the, the case, but getting to know her through that trip was very much like, oh no, okay, this is actually what IU's like, yeah. which is why I applied. Yeah. Gotcha. But her boyfriend, on the other hand, was a dick, and he was—he's also like from a—he's a trombone player at IU. Oh god, not anymore. I don't think he was. For like <clears throat> yeah, but I went. Um, I auditioned at um, at Butler, and I was accepted as a graduate student right off like, the bat. I get right there, then and there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then I said, I can't accept this just yet. I still have an audition at IU. And uh, 
Like Brandon. <laughs> yeah. We... Mind you, I was there at his IU audition. So, so yes, you were. So the the, the, the three of us here uh, actually We met were us. all there. We, we were met all at there. the same time. So uh, it was the last weekend of yep. the audition cycle at the, IU. The yep. last day. The last two auditions the last. of the last day. Yep. I yep. was the very last audition yeah. of Frank went right before me. And if I could set the scene real quick. Yep. Please do, and I will I will set it from my perspective later. Yeah. Shelby and I, at the time, were dating. And I don't remember what you were dressed as. I believe it was semi-professional, yeah. at the very least. Yeah, something like I that. was dressed in a three-piece suit. My hair slicked you back. You took your jacket off, though, I think. Yeah, it was a vest. It, yeah, was, a vest. it was a vest. But there was a pocket watch. Yep. Yes. I remember the chain. <laughs> and I, if you don't know me, like, just looking at me, there's a resting bitch face. I have that of the male equivalent. I was not afraid of your face, but when you went in, because Frank went in right before I did, and I'm sitting there trying to talk up the... Lane. It was Lane, yeah, yeah. but he yeah. was the he was the AI for the Horn Studio. He taught a lot of undergraduate non-majors. I was trying to talk him up. He was proctoring all the all the auditions, and I was chatting like, "Hey, what to expect?" And blah blah blah. And yeah. and I look across from me, and there's just Shelby. <laughs> now Frank talks about having the male equivalent of RBF. <laughs> Shelby is the embodiment of RBF. Yes, I win. Okay. Shelby looked like she was about to strangle me through <laughs> the wall behind me. Like she was going to phase through the wall behind me at the one brick she was staring at. Reach out from behind it and slit my throat. And I was like, just talk to Lane. Just ignore it. Ignore this man who looks like he's already a professional. <laughs> and good fucking luck. But anyway, I, I have a little more to talk about in a second, but you keep going. I, I will say this much, that I was mostly focused on listening to him. I was not set on, like, making you... You were staring at the wall behind me. Yeah. But I like, was, I was, not looking at me, but right next to me. Yeah, I, and was, I was... It was freaky. I was listening to him. <laughs> that's what I was doing. I was listening to him because I knew he'd ask. And so that's why it's like, okay, it wasn't intended to be anywhere demeaning or insane towards your side, but yeah, that, yep, that's... Yep, 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 yep. I, sure. I yep. find that mm -hmm. funny. <laughs> There's a demon sitting across the, from me. I, I mean, it could have oh. been next to me. Oh, right. But yeah, <laughs> to hold that off just momentarily, uh, good news if you haven't gathered already. A little bit. A readily. A readily. Both of us made it into IU. We did. Both of us made it into Clevenger's studio. We did. And I think the first week, once we realized that, we just immediately started talking to each other. It was an immediate friendship. Yeah, yeah. we we haven't stopped since. Yeah. <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> um, Bloomington for four years and... And you found out I can smile. <laughs> yeah, I found out that Shelby is not a beast. <laughs> she might be so beast, but yeah. she is definitely not a terrible yeah. person. But <laughs> uh, just to end my my question of like good and bad experiences. Oh yeah, we had a question. So yeah, at NIU being <laughs> recognized was a great experience, but being able to. I was never the best of the best. I never was. I was always the best of the worst. And being accepted to IU and studying under 
uh, Professor Clevenger was just, that is literally the highlight of my musical educational career. And the fact that he took me in such arms and respect, and the fact that I could cook that man a couple of dinners and uh, even do like simple tasks because he trusted me to like get, pick up some groceries for him and pick up his prescription. I lied to a pharmacist and said that I was his grandson. <laughs> um i was there it happened (laughs) but um he even took me out to like a brunch one time because i was facing some depression i wasn't showing up to like classes and whatnot it it got around and he called me up personally he's like frank you and i we need to uh we need to have a talk are you available tomorrow afternoon and of course you're not gonna say no not to, not to <laughs> no. So, I mean, I, I cannot tell you how many Dr. G's with extra everything. And a oh, extra in. everything. Yep. Yeah. And I picked up for him. Yeah. yeah. After he, he would, he would text, he would like call me or text me before my lessons. He would ask me after my lessons to bring it back for him. And he'd yep. pay me and say, get yourself something. Yeah. And it was always more than was. Intended. And I never did. Yeah. You know, just uh, he's that he's. Yeah. He, he was yeah. a wonderful man. Like it's one thing to study under him, but then to just have the ability to be like, yes, he was my mentor, but he was my friend. Mm-hmm. And I think that just that says so much more and gives so much more of his character. Oh yeah, and who he was. Give more meaning to your own educational degree, music degree, because I mean, he was able to meet you on a human level yeah. than a. God versus plebeian level, you know? Well, honestly, I remember my first lesson with Dale Clevenger. Now, with my... with my uh, my curse of the four years, whatever I've been calling it, I've only ever taken music seriously my last year of high school and undergrad, so part of that is I didn't know who anybody was who yeah. was who was of any any status. Sure. So I remember telling my stepdad, yeah, I'm going to go to... Because I remember I saw Jeff Nelson. He came to University of Kentucky during the 10-year accreditation. And he was a part of that. And he performed. And I was like, oh, my God. Jeff Nelson is a beast. I've never seen anybody play like he does and mm-hmm. perform magic like he does. The, the <laughs> yeah. dude is a fucking beast. Um, it's on the ceiling. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, his house has, has got a lot of uh, whole, a little, like, card marks in the ceiling from, like, suck <laughs> <and> so <much. laughs> Um But, yeah, I remember I was, like, I, I remember applying to IU, and I was like, I want Jeff Nelson to be my primary teacher. Yeah. I didn't get Jeff Nelson. I got Dale Clevenger. I was like, who is that? I had no idea. I was like, yeah, I'm going to study under Dale Clevenger. And I remember my stepdad, who's a band director, was like, wow. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) I still don't know who that is. And I remember asking. I remember. Being from Illinois, he knows. Oh, I'm sure. And I I remember asking when I got there. I was like, yeah, where's uh, where's Mr. Clevenger's studio? He's like. Whoever I asked was like, oh, you can't miss it. It's on the first floor. It has this picture on it. I was like, that doesn't help me at all. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was wandering through the hallway. I didn't, I still had a fixed bell instrument. I was carrying it like a suitcase. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was walking up and 
Mr. Clevenger walks up to me. He's like, you looking for me? And I was like, I think so. <laughs> Didn't know what he looked like. <laughs> I wandered into his studio that said, mm -hmm. yo, Clevenger on it. And he walked in. I was like, I guess I was looking for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, as soon as I realized who he was and he played for me the first time and I was like, dear Lord. Mm -hmm. And, uh, not even in his prime, but like past his prime and it still sounded like a God. So, yeah, you know, it was, it was, it was a different, different animal, different game. Yeah. But yeah, I love, I, I wish I could tell him now that story because I had waited. I have, I'd never told it to him. I was going to wait till I got a job and we'd laugh about it later. But... Yeah. Oh. He'd yeah. laugh about it now. Oh, he, he would he'd laugh about he'd it. He'd laugh now. about it now. Yeah. Are you looking for me? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> um, being from Illinois, like obviously, uh, and especially both my parents uh, being born and raised in Chicago. Yeah. My father, when he went to uh, DePaul University, he was studying under Victor Ite. Mm. And nice. Levenger new i take okay. yeah and i even asked i even asked clevenger you know um in one of my lessons i'm like hey so back in the day my father was a student of victor ite of the cso he's like oh yes i yes, of course <laughs> got drunk with like, <laughs> yeah probably like uh did you do you did you know him personally or just knew him he's like oh well i uh I I knew Ite. I I knew his wife, and I knew how uh, they both escaped from uh, the concentration camp in 1943 when Hitler uh, invaded Poland. I'm like, shit, this is getting serious fast. Clevenger, calm down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, I've been playing some Mozart. And, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can we can we focus on that now? <laughs> yeah. yeah, friggin' brandished. I did not know this until Clevenger said this. But brandish on both his wife and Ite, worthy. Wow. Yeah, the numbers on their wrists. Jeez, your dad never said anything. I don't think he knew. I mean, but Clevenger it did. being right. But Clevenger did. Anyway, this is turning into a podcast about Clevenger. So. Yeah. yeah. yeah we, uh, so, um, I mean, bottom line, we adore the man. Yeah. We wish he was still with us. He was an incredible <laughs> teacher from our 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 time with him and. We were supposed so to. So here's him. my. I will. I will still only ever call him Dale when I win my first job. So. Yep. Here's the other thing. Is or that, when I win a big job. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, just lastly and briefly with Clevenger, he recognized my ability, uh, not as a musician. He knew I could be, but he also recognized simultaneously how I could be, in his words, a heavy. Which was like a uh, a bad guy on a on film. Yeah. Movie. Okay. Well, oh, can we can we just stop, pause for a second? Yeah. And anytime that Frank came up in conversation with Mister Clevenger, <laughs> his voice would drop three octaves and go rah, 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 and try to imitate Frank's low voice. Now, Mister Clevenger had that like old man low voice. Yes. Yeah. But not not Frank's low voice. Frank has a radio voice that yeah. is low. Yeah. Yeah. And. You know, it makes sense. It, it it works. And Frank would introduce himself. I remember sitting in one of our studio recitals and Frank <laughs> walked up and was like, ah, hello, my Frank. My name is Frank Bedore. I'm going to play this. 
and I was sitting maybe a row or two behind Mr. Clevenger and his wife, and he just go. He turns to her and goes, exactly. And it it was hilarious. It's the same thing. It was the fucking recital. I went to it. I was wearing like a nice spring little dress and like like three or four rows, but in the center section. I was off in the side section. I think you guys were behind me. And Frank goes up there and he starts to talk. And all of a sudden, I see Clevenger lean over to his wife. I'm like, what the fuck? Clevenger loved Frank's voice. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Wholeheartedly. He did. And like Giovanna's like giggling. Like, he, you know. He did it in total love. And it yeah. was. He adored it. He he really thought it was unique and special. That's why he did it, I'm sure. But, yeah. you know, I, nothing will ever top. I'm not going to say the student's name. Huh. Uh, but do you remember the person who would blink every time they played a note? Oh, yes. That and every time you you would breathe, you go. Yes. And he would sit there and go. I know you can't see me, but it, it's a very. It's uh, a very exacerbated, like e. widespread yeah. sound. Where he would bring the corners. Every time he breathed, he goes. <laughs> and there was one studio class where Clevenger just did it every time you did it, and it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> He'd point out your flaws, and he would talk. Anyway, enough about Clevenger. Done. I'm done. Next yeah. question. Yeah. But uh, just, I love that man. Yeah, yeah. More, like than, he, more than life itself. He supported. Like I feel that in order for me to be able to be uh, to properly call him Dale. Rather than Mister Professor uh, Professor Clevenger, because if I get a music job or a major like narration, voice acting, or acting, when job, you've made it, you can yeah. call him Dale. Yeah, made it in whatever you're doing. Right. Yeah. Which right. bothers the living hell out of me when people from other studios, I won't mention which studio. There's one in particular. You know exactly which studio it is. Mm -hmm. Who all call him Dale? No, uh, you know. It, bo it bothers me. Yeah, it absolutely. Me. It's like he. Bitch, you don't have you don't have you have no shred of respect for this person. Yeah. You didn't study with him. You don't know you don't know him. Yeah. So don't call him that. Yeah. That's that is not what you call. So here's the last, potentially yeah. second to last uh question uh okay. for all of us is uh how could universities better prepare music majors for the real world? Oh ho oh, 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 ho oh, oh, ho oh. ho ho ho. I can go first if you want me to. Go for it. <laughs> Student teaching sophomore for junior year. Do not wait until the last year of your degree to student teach. I went through three years of gen eds, child psychology, and Holy just shit. child psychology. Really? Child psychology. Yeah, okay. that was that was a class. Uh, we had to learn about how children learn and how they think and how they operate now that led to a lot of uh a lot of teaching is manipulating how a child thinks um not in a negative sense not in a manipulative sense but in a you know how to calm a situation how to understand their feelings and that type of thing but so like de-escalate de-escalation yeah sure um that's what a lot of it was but Student teaching, so my big thing is that by the time I was a student teacher, so my I, I mentioned earlier that I took four and a half years to finish my undergraduate degree. My, my undergraduate degree was in music education at the University of Kentucky. I took my, my last semester there was student teaching, so my half year was student teaching. Mm -hmm. 
I decided to do it that way so that I didn't have to do a senior recital and finish my classes while trying to student teach. Sure. And I could get the pick, the pick of whatever school I wanted in Lexington if I student taught in the fall versus the spring when most people are student teaching. Sure. Sure. So I got a better, I got a better school choice and I didn't have to worry about trying to balance that and all my coursework. Okay. They were two separate things. Um, However, with that being said, student teaching is where I learned I do not want to teach. <laughs> okay, sorry. So y through all you four, and me are the same. So oh, through yeah. all four and a half years, I wanted to be, or through all four years, I wanted to be a teacher. I was learning all of this stuff about child psychology. I was learning all, all of this stuff about um, music educator theater theory. I was learning all about my philosophy statement and what I wanted to teach, why I wanted to teach it how I wanted to teach it and how to come up to a board who were not music people and basically say, this is why music is important. Yep. Um, and then at the end of it, it was like, wow, this is a lot of politics. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. Yep. I want to teach music. I don't want to teach how to be politically correct all the time or how to be, or walk on eggshells, especially as a male teacher. Now to put it in perspective, the, the time that I was trying to become a teacher was when a lot of male, especially band director allegations were coming out yes. Yes. about male teachers especially taking advantage of, of young female students yes. in yep. both Indiana, Kentucky and in the surrounding areas. Yes. I didn't want to fuck with that. Sure. That's not me. That would never happen. If any of the allegations were like that, someone would be lying and I didn't want to deal with it. I'm not saying that all of those who come forward are lying. That's not at all what I'm saying, but I could just see some a misinterpretation. Some little some like freshman sophomore high school kid being pissed off that I made them learn their scales and they they say something because they know they'll get away with it. That was my biggest fear. I didn't want to have a career of walking on eggshells. I love teaching, but I hate that aspect of it. I hate the politics of it. I hate having to fight for the right to teach music. I hate for the idea that, you know, sports are more important or that STEM programs are more important. I understand the importance of them. Mm -hmm. However, we're not like we, we can be a... We can be a, a nation with those programs, but we cannot be a culture with those programs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So 100%. the legacies of those before me, I feel like I, I feel like I wasn't teaching music. I felt like I was just wrangling a herd of cats for a cup for an hour. And then the next herd of cats would come in. Yes. Yeah. Until my sixth graders came in, which I loved my sixth grade class. My uh student oh, it's my eighth grade class. My student oh. My oh. student teaching was elementary and, and middle school. I wasn't there for the eighth grade class. I was there for the seventh, seventh grade and okay. sixth grade in the middle school. And then I taught a fifth grade beginning, beginning band class. Okay. So I will say if uh, your son or daughter in uh, Lexington, Kentucky is a horn player, it might be because of me. <laughs> um, because I I played the trumpet and the horn and I played crappy things on the trumpet and played all the fun stuff on the horn. The fun thing was that me and my cooperating teacher were competing 
and she played saxophone and she was trying to get more people to sign up for saxophone and I was trying to get people to sign up for horn. Well, guess what? Horn plays all the movie stuff. Avengers, uh, Star Wars, Jurassic Park, or Jurassic Park, if you watch that <laughs> yeah. video. Yeah. Uh, great stuff. Uh, but yeah, I didn't want to deal with all the extra bullshit. So my my transition into performance was I don't want to deal with the bullshit. I want to teach a private studio where I can do my thing. And if I teach any university, great. But yeah, that's why that's, that's the main reason I was like, mm. that's the one thing I would change is do your student teaching earlier. earlier so that you could really get an idea of what it's like to teach. So basically get a, get your feet wet as wet. soon as possible yeah. to decide whether or not yes. you're in your route observing a classroom does nothing for giving you mm -hmm. the interpretation of exactly. what it's like to be in that position and you seem to agree with that i seem to agree with that not just i don't seem i do agree with that mm -hmm. however i don't know if you did like something we did something called clinicals um no we didn't uh, do clinicals uh, we did clinicals. clinicals is a nursing thing for me <laughs> yeah um so for us we did something sophomore year all sophomore year is fucking elementary school that's yeah. it all elementary school shit so i will say we had to do a lot of observations and that we were we were required to do at least 15 to 20 observations we per, did observations and clinicals so like first semester was observations second semester was clinicals uh clinicals we went out to an elementary school and we actually taught like we'd observe for like the first couple sessions and then we come up with lesson plans and teach. Um, I felt like that was a super big invasion on the teacher themselves, in my opinion, because we were there like it's two to three days a week yeah. to it's me. Destructive. Yeah. Um, and we were there for like eight to nine weeks. Like that, that's just fucking destructive to me, in my opinion. But you know, if we were a student teacher, that's going to be less destructive. They have plans to, you know, work with us to be like, Hey, this is what we're doing. Do this with us, you know? Yeah. Um, but we were doing it was clinicals you know observations one semester and then actually teaching and but the thing is it was all elementary school i did not want to teach elementary school for the life of me because i'm sorry but they don't need to touch my butt and that's literally all i got like i just like for some reason i was like i just I, they're hugging my leg so you don't like dalcros what dalcros oh uh, scream when you say dalcros like any 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 of those freaking general music things i'm like i'm sorry if you're a general music teacher great good for you i didn't want to do that i wanted yeah. to teach band not or gonna, choir i'm not gonna lie my my general music uh class that i took with uh dr martina vassal mm -hmm. you were amazing i love dr vassal she is one of the greatest teachers i had in my undergrad degree and she taught all all of the th there there are three major um styles of elementary education yeah there's dalcros which i remember Dow very Crows. vividly i don't remember the other two yeah it's been a while don't there's remember like them. the other yeah, two other but one, they're, they're... one's like a certain ethnicity that i cannot remember but it's, it's, like... not, it's not an ethnicity it wasn't dalcros there was no there, there's three of them and well, one, one, the, of, one of the Mizuki myth... method too it's not that's not what i'm talking about yeah there's one that's based in um like games there's one that's based in movement and yes. there's one that's based in something else yeah it, there are three it's three schools of of thought of, of, of thoughts yeah. that are teaching music to to young minds essentially yeah. it's yeah, minds that have not been biased by other things yes. yet, yet yeah so most elementary teachers will do either a combination of multiples or will stick to one yeah um 
I remember Dalcro specifically because I remember going to some seminars and doing some things in that respect with Dalcros. Um, however, uh, lost my train of thought. So sorry. Yeah, you're fine. But I'm basically agreeing with you. Yeah. Um, that yes, student teach earlier. I mean, although we had our clinicals, but I felt like because mine was an elementary and then all of a sudden we had our entrance to music education program. Like I had to pass el elementary and all these other, th this extensive shit. Meanwhile, band is banned. Choir's choir. Well, I, but then I had to pass all these other different types of general music. I had to learn. I had to know all the types and specific things on how to teach it. So and so, we. like, yeah. I got, like, a full fucking on elementary thing. But that's not what I wanted to do. And I knew that beforehand. I mean, I got that there was other kids that didn't know that that's what they wanted to do. And I was like, but I know what I want to do. I don't need to know this shit to teach band. I will say... I mean, it helped in a regard, but I was like, if I just had, like, a half a semester to kind of learn this to shit, I think I still would have gotten the same out of it that I did that entire fucking year. But I do agree with you that still having, like, going into student teaching, not just clinicals, but doing everything, not just elementary. That was the problem that I had, because I wasn't even accepted into the music ed program until after that year. And I sucked. Oh yeah, no, I mean that, that entire year, and I was like, "That's not fair," because would, I want to yeah. teach band. That's the whole thing with our our education degree is that not only did you have to be accepted into the music education department, you had to be accepted through application through the education department. Yes. So there were multiple applications to get into what you wanted to do. Exactly. And you could be rejected halfway through your degree. Yeah. Um. And one however, of my friends had that happen like twice. Yeah, luckily I luckily I didn't know too many people that didn't. It was uh, it was pretty much like if you had gone through and done what you were supposed to do, it was a pretty much guaranteed thing. However, did you I, I will ask a question. Did you take any child psychology courses? I took a psychology course. It wasn't specifically child psychology, but I took a two uh two semesters, essentially a full year of psychology. Because I took like psych one oh one. Yeah. It's like 100 when yeah, I was a yeah. freshman. That was a general psychology. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like it, with what you're saying with all of the education and all the elementary education stuff that you're talking about, I feel like that is, although annoying, mm -hmm. as you've expressed clearly, I feel like it is also very necessary in teaching higher level education. But I think I would have gotten more out of having a child psychology course than having a full well, can, year. Can, can I disclaim child one music. thing about my child psychology course? You know who taught my child psychology course? I know. Someone who studied psychology in criminals. She was. She was. She would. The, the psychologist that taught my child psychology course would also go to prisons, and study the inmates. Like juvenile. No. No. Just inmates in general. Prison in uh, adult inmates. Okay. Like, That's called juvie. <laughs> she, well, she I was, it, it was not it was not a child psychologist specialist or any kind of thing at all. Honestly, we had a lot of questions that she couldn't answer. Um but the the course obviously the course was not written by her, so it was she could explain the psychology behind it, but she couldn't explain the real world application of it, okay. which came later in some other courses. 
Okay. Um, well, the theory came in some other courses when you're actually standing in front of 50 kids yeah. with instruments in their hands. Things are a bit different. Yeah. Sure. But, you know, using some of those techniques and some of the some of the slight manipulations that you can use to change their thought process or make them think about something mm -hmm. uh, was really helpful. But one of the most influential classes that I took was for general music mm -hmm. or elementary music. And not because like all the stuff we did, it was goofy. It was fun. We were jumping around in circles and singing songs and, and we were doing the activities that we would have our elementary kids. Yeah. And it was goofy. It was, but I, I mean, I'm a goofy person. I thought it was a lot of fun. I was say, I, 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 go, went an, I went to an elementary school that did not do the goofy. And so then going I'm to not even college, talking about elementary school. I'm but talking I mean, about like my, college, even my music like, teacher did not do goofy. And so then going to college and like, you have to be goofy. I'm like, that's not what I was. When I, I was dove a kid. into it head on. And I was yeah. like, let's go. Let's be goofy. This is a fun class. And then we get done with the activity and she'd be like, so what did we learn? And it was, you know, I, I kind of went from bad the, at dancing. I kind of went from the student to the teacher and yeah. from the student to the assessor, from the student to this. Mm -hmm. And so for ours didn't really do that. I mean, that that's fair. Dr. Vassal is amazing. Yeah. She's also a bass player in a Beatles cover band. Nice. Yo. So she's a badass bitch. <laughs> um love Dr. Vassal. I need to reconnect to her to be completely honest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but Anyway, Dr. Vassal's great. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, I was just going to say that it's important that for me, it's important to learn the basics, the basics and how to explain the basics. But I feel like if you're going to do that, you should do it your freshman year instead of what we had to do. We started our music ed degree in our sophomore year. Well, with Janet, so did we. But I didn't start music ed at all until my sophomore year. And it was one class. My freshman year, I wasn't a music ed major. I was a music major. I Same. didn't I didn't do anything. But that's why I felt like if you're gonna go in your freshman year, uh maybe start but the thing is when I was at Butler, you're a music ed major from the beginning. No You started that shit right you started your elementary shit right then and there and you went into your middle school and your high school clinical after that and then they would take your test after your sophomore year to be like, you know, let's see how you do and then you would start doing like clinicals and shit like that in like elementary, middle school, high school is like your junior year. And then your senior year, you could do your last semester. Or you can you can do student teaching and then your last semester, flip flop, whatever you wanted to do. I felt like that was better structured. But at the same time, I, I just I, I'm, I still agree with you. You need to get into schools earlier. And I think you need to get into all the schools, not just elementary school. Um, Get us on the podium, you know. You know, and most of us know the basic conducting, you know, four, four time, you know, we know basic conducting, we can get up there. And we're not going to be that great. I mean, we're student teachers. We still weren't that great. Um, but I just think getting us. I, I do have an argument about conducting, but. Our, we, I, we had two different conducting teachers, but it was still fun. Um, but I still think just getting us out there, getting us experience and whatnot. Like my, my most favorite experience was actually going and volunteering at a school to do uh, like the petting zoo day for band. Mm -hmm. And that was like my most favorite thing. And I, I, I'm sorry, but whatever school district that I did that and I, I cannot remember, but you're going to have a lot of trombone players. Like they probably had a lot of trombone players because of me. 
We had a lot of horn players because of me. Yeah. But I was, <laughs> I was like, we were doing rotations and stuff like that. And the one thing that pissed me off is that my music ed director at the time was basically just like, you need to stop encouraging these students to play this instrument. She straight up said that to my face. And I got up and I just stood in the corner. Because I was like, what? What? Excuse me. These students came over and stood in line with me and wanted to learn this instrument. And you're telling me that I shouldn't be encouraging this instrument? You are not the band director here. And I just, I kind of got pissed off because she, she was like this elementary school, you know, know-it-all teacher. And I mean, she's apparently popular in the state of Illinois, but you ask about her name or any other state in the United States, nobody knows who the hell she is. Yeah. Um, but it, it pissed me off. You're an el you you strive yourself as a choir teacher and an elementary music teacher. You do not you literally openly said that you are not good at teaching band. You have no right to tell me what you think you know about this profession, about being a band teacher. And so I think having more specialized music ed teachers that are specialized in a specific area, whether it be elementary general music or middle school high school choir middle school high school uh middle middle school high school band that would that would go such a long way because her saying that to me while i'm in freaking middle school tech and we're learning about band and she knows fucking nothing about it it pissed me off and mind you that was also at the time that i had uh, technically three family members die in two weeks I had my great uncle pass away from esophageal cancer and I lost two cats. Mind you, one of my cats, it was essentially my, I don't know, whatever Mally is to me. She's like, like, like my emotional support, emotional animal. support cat. Like I had her, she died. So I was pissed off because it's like, one, I've, I've had a lot of shit happen in my personal life, but one, and like two, you cannot sit here and tell me that you know more about this when you will, you, you don't even play band instruments. And she said openly, I, I don't play band instruments because I'm not good at them. Well, then you cannot tell me what to do. Because I'd also been running. I'd done petting zoos before. <laughs> and for her to be like, you cannot encourage these students to play trombone was like, what the... F so I think more specialized teachers, like you were saying, you had like a specialized general music teacher. That would have probably been awesome for us. Yeah, our my specialized teacher my earlier in schools. My undergrad degree had a an elementary music teacher who had already had her doctorate. She was only actually only a few years older than us. Okay. Like in my undergrad degree when I was like twenty five, at the end of it, she might have been early thirties. Yeah. Maybe. Probably prob maybe younger. Mm -hmm. I don't. Know. I mean, we she would she would encourage or she would invite us to a a local bar to go watch her cover band. Like see, that's, she, not, that's cool. She yeah. was dope. She's she's still dope. But like, yeah, Doctor Vassal was great. That was not ours. Ours was I'm I'm a family person. I'm also religious, so can't you cannot cuss in my classroom. And I was like, well, fuck you. Yeah, so. we we had and you know part of her class was observing specifically general education or general music. Um, but honestly, it helped me a lot. Like I I will say, I never thought in my life I would ever want to be a middle school or elementary school teacher. Um, I still don't want to, but I have yeah. the skills to, and that's to me valuable. Mm 
to be able to explain to somebody what a quarter note is who doesn't know anything about music and how to explain the most basic fundamental details of music to someone who doesn't know what it is and to work through that and to be able to explain that is incredibly valuable to me. Yeah. Well, to answer my own question, I don't even remember the question. How could universities better prepare music majors? Ah, yeah, because I went first. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, My answer is twofold. One, make in-state transferring credits more universal. And out-of-state. And two, eliminate out-of-state tuition. Yeah, it was bullshit for me because I got a scholarship to make it as low as what yours was when I was at NIU. So yep. What the fuck was so, the point of that then? <laughs> I got in state in Kentucky and IU. We, yeah, we all you know why. Bastard. <laughs> I'm a bastard. Uh, but <laughs> Actually, that would, it's, it's pretty accurate. <laughs> that would be better for music majors in the real world because debt and finances. Yeah. Uh, but that's my simple answer. So, final thoughts. Uh, before we close this podcast, because it's been going for about two hours now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what are a few sentences that you can give as help and or preparation or encouragement to future music majors uh, that may listen to this in the future? Uh... I realize that what we're all saying is probably some of the most negative aspects of everything. Um, But whatever university, especially if you're going into undergrad, I mean, because especially if you're going to music ed, it's going to be probably undergrad that you're going to learn all this stuff. Um, Talk to students, current students at the Mm -hmm. university to kind of get what, how they feel and what they believe. Um, cause, and I mean, don't just talk to one, talk to like a handful of students, because I think you're going to get a better idea of what's going on. It, I mean, if this is even possible, I, I, you know, it's something that, you know, if you talk to the music ed director of the school, you know, be like, I want to go here for music ed, you talk to the music ed director, be like, can you, you know, ask some students and just have them, you know, blindly, you know, you don't read it, but I want to know what they have to say. Um, because I th- I think it would be better so that the students didn't know that the music director was gonna read it. Um, but I think just just find out from the students, uh, what their experiences are, um, and just if you're planning on a lot of free time, don't. <laughs> Uh, that doesn't really exist in the music ed world unless you're like me and who extremely scheduled herself out so hard that I basically was free from 8 p.m. on unless we had a concert. So, you know, just unless you want to schedule yourself hardcore like I did, um, you're going to be busy. Um and just get really good at practicing and practicing efficiently especially as a music major get good at practicing efficiently and when i say practicing efficiently that doesn't mean sitting in the practice room for four hours straight um get good at practicing efficiently um because that that's actually an a very invaluable 
ability to have, especially as a music major when you've got tech classes and all this other shit and gen ed classes that you have to deal with homework with. Just learn how to practice efficiently. It'll actually help you in the long run. Brandon? Yeah, I've, I've got mine down to just a couple, sentences, a couple sentences here. Um, number one, find what you love and, and pursue that. Um, if you love music, then great. Go for it. If you love music education, go for it. Um, but number two is be open for that to change. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, I love teaching. I will always love teaching, but I love performing. It took me a long time to realize um, it took until my senior year of my undergraduate degree that, to really realize, you know, yeah, I like this teaching thing, but I really love performing. So find what you love and be ready to love whatever comes next. Um, as long as you're pursuing something that you really enjoy, you're going to go on the right path. Even if it's not music performance or, you know, if you're switching from music ed to something else or music performance to something else, just pursue what you like. That's actually... Don't be afraid to change. That's what my two cents is, is don't be afraid to change. Um, And don't be afraid to the idea of change. Like, I went through... I've been playing horn for 20 years. I have two degrees in it and one of them from... Indiana University under the tutelage of Dale Clevenger. And I'm not even utilizing that degree. I'm pursuing a career in voice acting and narration. And I currently hold two licenses technically in in insurance in the state of Indiana. But the thing is that everything that I learned as being a music performance major applies unanimously throughout all implications of life Mm -hmm. and it's easy to neglect those lessons so take whatever life lesson whatever major you're learning and apply it to different aspects to life and you'll be amazed as to how unanimous life actually is so with that said that is the end of the FSOF podcast. Uh, don't forget that you can email the podcast at fsofpodcast at gmail.com. Please submit topics of interest, articles that you find interesting, or just say hello. I always appreciate that. I also would like to thank my guests, Queen Shelby's and Avenger with two R's, Shelby and Brandon, for joining us on this, well, this probably overdue conversation yeah and also email uh about how much you want me to come back because i know how much you love (laughs) uh, i'm always here my nod is low but also soothing voice and and well-articulated uh points of conversation not bragging but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, all right, so here's y'all's chances. Uh, what is your uh, primary points of interest and where can people reach you at in social media? Uh, so I like to do mixology. So I like to share my bits about how to mix alcohol properly and also do it cheaply because, hey, gas prices are rising. So you probably want to get a little bit cheaper alcohol. Don't blame you. I've been doing the same thing for years. Thank you, pandemic. 
Um, but yeah, I can help you. I do a mixology uh, stream where I can help you make some drinks with some cheap alcohol, and it's a passion of mine. Just follow me on Twitch uh, at Queen Shelby's. That's with one L. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have a lot of social media stuff going on right now. Uh, I do have a website, uh, BrandonHoaglandHorn.com. Uh, I'm a professional musician. I play horn for money. And, uh, yeah, look, currently based in uh, Bloomington, Indiana, but soon to be based in Louisville, Kentucky. So, uh, yeah, if you want, if you have any questions, if you have any interest in what I do or in hiring me or really anything, feel free to visit my website. Um, you can find me on Facebook, on really whatever. Um, it's either Avenger with two R's, 812, or uh, just you know, Brandon Hoagland on Facebook. Yeah. And um, I don't know exactly what my fan base is or all of their interests, but if you want to talk, uh, you know, D&D... &D, oh, I can, I'm your man. Let's I can go. always invite him back and we can have a one-on-one -on -one sit down and talk about the basics and even diving further into D&D. I currently have three Dungeons and Dragons games going. Uh, I'm a player in all three right now. I'm not. I, I have had some Dungeon Master experience as well, um, but I have three Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition games going currently, and one Pathfinder First Edition game uh, that I am currently learning. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I love fantasy. I love sci-fi. I love all that uh, nerd shit. So let's go. So if you want to have him back on in order for us to talk about that, let's go. Because I'm interested in D&D &D as well, but I have no fucking idea where to begin. But I do have a class in mind, uh, but we'll dive into that later. Anyway, thank you to my guests for joining me for this long discussion and diving into potentially some wounds of our educational experiences, but may be a lesson to future individuals. So, Prost. Prost. so with that said thank you everyone good night sleep well sweet dreams until the 10th of this month is when the next podcast will be and until then uh well keep practicing keep practicing no matter what it is so long it doesn't hurt you or anyone else but um yeah thank you it's so much fun. for listening uh thank you to my guests again and uh, until then, au revoir. Good night, everyone. <laughs>